Dave, I'm surprised you made it. You didn't sleep in. Oh man, I almost wrote. I almost been like, "Hey, man, I don't know," but I'm, no, gonna, I'm gonna make it. It was yeah, the, it was gonna... monster number four that got me, dude. It's fine. We'll do it now. I'm doing not good, everybody. But <laughs> this is pre pre uh, intro. I drank like four monsters. We were playing some D and D game, and I was just having so much fun that I didn't have any sodi pops. I didn't have any sodies. So I was like, what's a what's a monster? What's the difference? I was going to drink four sodas too, whatever. Well, I'm feeling the residual effects, everyone. I threw up uh, at like 7 in the morning. <laughs> I woke up with a big tummy hurt. And uh, as, the, as the great philosopher, the Joker, once said, you get what you fucking deserve. And uh, I threw up all in my toilet that I just cleaned uh, a few days ago. Do you have ago. like a stockpile of monsters like in your house? Yeah, at Walmart they sell like four packs, and so what I was doing was I was taking one to work in the morning. So while I was, because I'm a mailman, I do a lot of casing, but I'm always sleepy, sleepy, because I'm, I stay up to like 1 a.m. and then I have to wake up at 5 a.m. So I didn't get enough sleep. And so, what's what else is better for your heart than a fucking energy drink and with your lack of sleep? So I decided that's what I got to do to get through my day. Um, but you just switch to Red Bull. I I could switch to Red Bull. I just Red I don't Bulls, know. You would You'd be having no puke. I drink. I associate Red Bull with my work at Buffalo Wild Wings. I don't know why. And then I associate Monster Energy Drink with gaming. So it's like I just oh, feel no. more positive about. Branded. They really branded me. The hey, it's the Halo Master Chief man on the side of the Monster Energy. Yeah, the gamer drinks. fuel. Anyways, yeah, but uh, my tummy let's get hurts. started. Hello yeah. and welcome to Gaming Together, cooperative podcast. I'm your host, Philip, and I'm here with my co-op partner, Nave. Each pod, we play through a cooperative experience and relate to you, the listener. If this game is the criminal crime of co-op, or something better off playing solo. Oof. And uh, our guest here is old gaming positive, game positive, Eric. Great to have you, Eric. What's going on, everybody? All right, now let's touch back to where we were at. Nave, didn't you just tell me a horror story about puke or dog or something like that before? And oh, yeah. So my life has been just turned upside down my dog has gotten sick also she i i woke up i called in to work right i was like i i'm emotionally distraught i don't want to i don't want to work today they're like okay fine whatever because we, we mailmen we got it like that apparently some mailmen went a little nuts in some point in the history oh, so no. i don't know but um way, so right? <laughs> so i woke up in the morning and my dog threw up and liquid diarrhea all over the carpet in my living room just the living room no other place in the house so that's pretty nice but um, I decided – so I had to clean that up, and I threw up then too because I am not – I'm okay with solid fecal matter, but if it's liquid and I feel it through like 25 layers of paper towel, that's – and I'm, I'm like grinding it into my carpet, and the smell is like – you know, it's like, a, it's like a spore, a mushroom spore shooting smell everywhere in my fucking apartment. It was the worst, and so I ended up throwing up doing that too, and – um. The throw up wasn't so bad, but I was like, okay, cool. That's over. That's never going to happen again. I don't want to deal with that. So I went, I had to go renew my driver's license because it expired like a month ago. And I just didn't realize until like a few days ago when I decided I wanted a few beers, which by the way, I haven't drank in like a month for some reason. I don't know what the fuck. Maybe it's just because it's been 110 degrees in Oklahoma. So maybe I'm a little dehydrated and I'm drinking monster energy drinks before work. But I went and, de I went and got my driver's license and everything. Came back, 
even more shit like even more than this morning there was more like a fucking she had a <laughs> she she was spiteful that i left on top of she had this uh this cachet of extra uh bodily fluids like she's a small dog i don't even know how this i don't know how it's possible she had so much going on inside of her body but it was an it was on every conceivable square foot of my carpet there was either dried rubbed in shit in the floor or like new brand new just waiting for me to happen so called my mom and i cried <laughs> i was like mom I, i'm not even joking i was sobbing into the phone because i took this day off because i was stressed out and so this of course happens to me and so my mom came and bless her heart she cleaned all of this shit and it, it looks very nice in here it looks way nicer than before almost like you know shit cleans your carpet in some way and i cooked her hamburgers so it was it was a nice little day actually it was a horrible day but thanks for asking is that what you asked i don't even know i don't know it's pretty good so let's hear a little bit more from eric eric how many tell us about game positive <laughs> Yeah, so uh, it's hard to follow up all of that poop talk, but uh, Game Positive is my podcast slash YouTube channel. Uh, I create episodes there that focus on the cool stuff and the the happy stuff uh, that's related to video games. I do an interview show called Insert Coin that's been a, a bit, little bit on hiatus where I talk about uh, the life and history of the guest video games one quarter at a time. Nave was actually on one of those episodes. I think it's actually the most listened to one of those episodes, so thanks, Nave. I also am a senior contributor to SeasonGaming.com. I do a lot of writing over there, reviews and articles and stuff like that. So make sure to check that out as well. Uh, and yeah, I think that's I think that's it. Yeah, and we've had you on an episode before, or two episodes. I don't remember which ones. We have so many episodes. At least one, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe two, I can't remember. But it's great to have you back, and especially to talk about Elder Scrolls Online. But before we get there, let's talk about what games we've been playing this week. Nave, what have you been playing? I've been playing a handful of things. Hold on. I just wrote this down, but I forgot anyways. So I got so wrapped up in that story. Um, I've been playing this game called The Wander Song. This game came out like two years ago, I think. It came out on my birthday, and so I was like, I'm definitely just going to play it just simply because of that. Of course I didn't, because I never do what I say I'm going to do. And so um, I ended up playing it recently, and apparently I had beaten the first chapter of it. I don't remember any of this game. And of course, I didn't restart the game because I have no idea how long the chapters not. are. So I just kept going. Turns out the chapter is like 10 minutes long. But this game is adorable. It's kind of like a you're a bard that sings and everyone thinks you're useless because that's all you do is sing in a world where, you know, you need lumberjacks and shit. Apparently, you can sing and it scares ghosts away. Like, not that you sing badly, but the ghosts go away. And then, But it turns out singing is, like, the most important thing you could possibly do, and that's just, like, a lost art form. And you learn how to speak to ghosts and spirits. You learn that the earth is uh, going to end. You learn that, uh, like, there is a song that if you – you could spirit bomb the world, get everyone in one on one page. You can sing a song that will heal the earth again. And so you're going off on a quest. And – uh it's a very cute game, very funny. Um, if you like rhythm games, it's not very rhythm gamey, but there's like a little bit of rhythm in there. Um, there's some little touching side characters, like there's a guy with an accordion that you end up getting in a band with, and he lost his mother. It's really fucking interesting. It's really good, actually. It's like just a two-minute little short story that you go through in order to get a song. It's kind of like Zelda, where you're going around collecting the 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 pieces but instead you're collecting pieces of the song so and everyone just accidentally knows piece parts of the song just for no reason um 
but yeah, it's really it's really interesting, and I like that game a lot. So I think I'm probably going to beat it, especially since of how short it seems to be. Yeah, but, it looks pretty cute. Yeah, I've been pulling the shit out of it, and so uh, I mean, I've also been playing Deadly Premonition. Um, this game is also very cute, but I'm very angry at this game. And I, when I started it back up, I remembered I was angry. So I, I try to never end games on sour notes because I always come back and realize that I'm upset. And, and usually that means I write the game off immediately. And so I didn't do that for Deadly Premonition because I remember I just I have such a soft spot for this game. It's so interesting. And but I'm angry again because I keep having to wait for extended periods of time for the fucking story to happen. And I know that the game wants me to fuck off and go do some side mission or something but i just don't feel like doing it like i don't know what it is about this game that isn't compelling me to do side stuff because they're they're weird like there was this one time i was just driving around wait wasting time and i saw a dog and i was like dog and so i drove over to the dog and i just stood around it because you can't interact with them in any meaningful way and i looked over to the side and i was like oh there's a little like a little collectible thing over there i guess and i walk over there and he's like this is a human bone. And I was like, I found a human bone. And he's just like, yeah, it could be interesting. And he puts it in his back pocket and then that's it. That's the, it doesn't tell me where to go. So that's kind of what the side missions are like in Deadly Premonition, I guess. That's like one of the only ones I can remember. But the game is really fun and interesting. If you can, if you can swallow the, the B-movie everything, it's very like campy. But it's also like hard to control. And like there are some really dated – like. It's like you got to wait till 2200 and I'm like okay what time is it I check my watch and it's like tw- it's like 1900 and I'm like it's like 1945 I'm like okay I have 15 minutes each minute is 20 seconds long approximately according to my loose counting so if I sit here for 45 minutes in real time I will I will it will be time but I will starve to death. So I need to eat. I need to go get food. So where's the diner? How far away am I from the diner? How long does it take me to travel to and from the diner? Because I have to be here at 2200 to 2230. And if I'm not in there in that tiny window, Dead Rising rules, then it's it's fucking over. Yeah, it's classic. But it's not over. He's just like, oh, geez, gang. Guess we're going to have to wait till tomorrow. And that's the fucking – he's like, this can wait because it's a small town. No one cares. And so he just fucking waits till tomorrow. It's it's insanity. And um, I I found out that you can sleep because I was like, yeah, I can sleep. There's a bunch of places around I can sleep at. I go and I sleep, and it says you can sleep in intervals of three hours. Well, guess what that means? That means that there's no meaningful way to pass anything between three hours. So if you need to wait for two hours, which is what I needed to wait, then you could wait for 24 hours, and you'll be right back in the same spot on the next day. So it's like you have to sit there and wait. So I was sitting around. Uh, like just playing chess just waiting for this time i had like 15 minutes left right and i was playing chess i didn't know you could starve to death i die on the ground i just fall over right and so (laughs) and could you imagine my shock (laughs) when that fucking happened to me because i'm like sitting here mixing the checkmate someone just talking tactically to myself about it and then i hear the all the strange noises well, anyway, I wait again. I literally sit around waiting for like 20 minutes, just watching. I'm eating lollipops. I'm fucking waiting for the fucking shit, eating cookies and crackers and shit, whatever's in my pockets. I fit, get the mission, right? And I'm like, okay, thank God. I got the mission. I'm ready to go. They put me in a cop car. I'm like, sweet. And uh, they're like, tail that guy to wherever he's going. I'm like, okay. And so I drive forward. I 
I'm in a cop car, so the first thing I do is go, whoop, whoop, and then fucking stop. <laughs> I failed the mission! And he's like, oh, man, he caught on to us. Guess we're going to have to wait till tomorrow. Jeez. <laughs> and I go, oh, my God. I'm like, okay, so the fastest way to do this is to just reset the load, right? Reload the save. And it's, like, back in, like, 1930, 1945. So I'm like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I'm like, I have a stream that coming up that I love to watch every month. And I look at the num the time, and it's starting in, like, 15 minutes. I'm like, I don't have enough time. I physically don't have enough time anymore to start this fucking mission. I can't sit around and wait for another 35 minutes. But Denly Premonition is really good, and everyone should play it. There, I, there has to be a way to pass the time. Like, I have to – that they just didn't explain to me. So – I, I'm going to Google it next time I play. I'm going to have to just Google it and see. It's like, how the fuck? Because there's no possible way, right? Like, there's no way they did that, right? Well, I, I thought there would be no Maybe. way that they would make me restart the mission if I just boop, just one time. Like, I thought that that was an impossibility, but it was there. So, old games, man. Makes me think of, like, Saintro 1, where if you died in a mission, instead of restarting the mission, it would send you to the hospital, and you'd have to walk back to the mission point to start it to try again. Oh, like Grand Theft Auto 3 rules. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where it's like, oh, this is an amazing gameplay. I'm glad they implemented this. Yeah. Unbelievable. So the next game we have on the list is Solasta, which is definitely going to be an episode at this point, maybe. It depends on how long it takes to beat. Eric, do you know anything about it? Uh, I don't. I saw Nave playing it on Xbox, but I'm not 100% sure what it is. It is a like verbatim video game version of the tabletop Dungeons & Dragons, and it is really fun. Where we were trying to play Ember, which is a strong, mediocre game. Uh, and Nave is like, I can't do this anymore. Because, like, okay, in, in Ember, the whole premise is you are a, like, ride-sharing app, but for firefighters. So if your house is on fire, you just pull out your phone, get on the app, and look for Ember agents in your area. And then we're the Ember agents that then run over and try and save them. Anyways, you get raided one to five flames depending on how good you save them and nave is in there like their house is burning down i'm trying to save all these <laughs> uh little civilians that are supposed to be paying us and tips and stuff like that nave is grabbing their computers and their tv and robbing them throwing them <laughs> in the back of his truck like and you can do that and you get money for it only i'm like nave we have so many of the upgrades we don't need the money anymore we just need the stars. And meanwhile, he's like, all right, I have to, I have the big screen TV, but it's not tilted the right way to get it around <laughs> the door. He's like trying to pivot through a staircase with a big screen TV while he's on fire trying to get the TV out. And I'm like, what are you doing? You're making me so mad. Like, oh, I was like frothing with anger. Every time I would, like, would pop up in the corner, like, hey, when you're stealing stuff, make sure the civilians don't see you. They might take it the wrong way. And I'm like, damn it, that means Nave is stealing something because that tooltip <laughs> only pops up when you put something in the back of the truck because it's like a reminder, like, hey, stop stealing stuff in front of the civilians whenever they haven't been rescued yet. And it's meanwhile, it's like one out of 10 civilians saved. And I'm like, Nave, we're going to fail the mission and all the TVs and crap you stole, we're going <laughs> to lose anyways because everyone died. And he's like, I'm just going to, oh, I found a wad of cash. And he's just got a wad of cash that he's like dragging out of their house. And I'm like, God damn it, Dave, why? It was the only entertainment value I was getting out of the game on top of you getting mad. It was very funny. But it was also like there was this one mission where we failed it like four or five times, right? And we, Philip was just like, we're just going to try again. I'm just like, oh, God, please just stop in this. And then he's he's in there doing all of this. He's like fucking 360 parkour, shooting a grappling hook <laughs> like Batman across the fucking room and throwing people out the window onto mattresses and shit. And 
meanwhile, I'm outside and I'm like, there's a bike rack with like 50 bikes. And so you can save items too and like return it to them. So I'm just like Kobe just throwing bikes into the fucking civilian area like where you're supposed to save stuff. And Philip ends the mission. He's like, we, he's like, all we need to do is save four people and then just immediately get in the – because we would keep saving four people and going back for more and then dying in the house and having to restart. And so Philip was just like, let's just leave. Let's just leave. Come on. We got to go. I'm like, like Philip, I saved like 25 bikes. And he's just like, I just silence on the other side, just nothing. He says no, doesn't interact with me at all. Well, it wouldn't matter, but you need the flames to unlock later levels. We are in the third final chapter of the game, and we are missing so many flames. We can't even do the first level. Like we have all the previous stuff, and it. And I scroll back, I look at, it, and it's like one star, two star, <laughs> one star, because like we have all these like things where it's like we would get the bare minimum to pass the level. And then we would get all this stolen loot, which doesn't give you stars or anything like that. You don't get bonuses on your score for that. You just get money so you can buy more upgrades for your character. Not helpful when we need stars. But it was helpful because we got an achievement on the last level that we did together where for stealing $5,000 worth of loot. So you're welcome. Yeah, okay. Anyways, back to Solasta. Solasta, this game is know. brutally hard because we're level two characters. And I think early on in Dungeons and Dragons before you have all your abilities is like the hardest part. And we were having so much fun. Like Eric, have you played any D and D? I've played a little bit of D and D. I also played like Pathfinder and like Divinity Perfect. Original Sin 2, which I think is probably similar to this game. I don't know. I haven't played Divinity Original Sin, but I assume so. Divi is it's it just very like similar. It's even more, it's even more like you're constantly seeing dice rolls in this game. Like it's always like, here's the dice roll and here's the enemy's dice roll. So you're, you're always reminded that you're playing this like simulation of a of a tabletop game. Whereas I think Divinity doesn't Divinity just like do it all in the background. Yeah, I mean there's definitely dice rolls happening, but the combat is like turn based. I mean there's environmental advantages and positioning and stuff like that, but when you're playing co-op or just in general, it's like a turn turn based, but it is very D and D. Like you can make decisions that completely change how everything's happening and you can yeah, it's literally. I think Divinity Original Sin Two is like one of the best games of all time. It's it's. Yeah, yeah. I've been trying to get Philip to play. I was blown away because Philip was like, "Man, I'm so it's so cool that in Celesta or whatever Celeste we can play. It's not Celeste, but we can we can like split the party up and like do other things in the town." I'm like, "Dude, Philip, if you like that, then you fucking love Divinity Original Sin Two because you can phys you can literally leave me in the middle of a dungeon because you're like, oh man, I need to go get some. You can be like the little helper in uh, Diablo." Or like in Torchlight and just go fuck off to the fucking store. And you can take an NPC with you. So it's, you literally split the party. And I just get into a fight. And I'm in turn-based combat on one half of the screen. And then you're in the town like just screwing off with NPCs over there on the <laughs> other half of the screen. Yeah, you can do this locally. Great. It's like it's, it doesn't make any sense. It's like how is this game functioning? Mm -hmm. And there's That's a incredible. lot of like interactions in the environment with NPCs. Like you can kill anybody. You can steal from anybody. You can drastically change how – the world interacts and perceives you like it's it just like D and D because obviously with real D and D you can literally do anything. That's the beauty of it. Uh, but games usually have restrictions because they're at the end of the day it's code. But uh, the scope and scale of Divinity is ridiculous. And Baldur's Gate three, which is from the same studio, I think is is the same thing, but probably even better because it's newer. The biggest thing hamstringing us in Celeste is that we don't know the system perfectly and what our characters are exactly capable of. Which really screwed us over because Nave's like, don't talk about your characters. Everybody make your own character and then come in. <laughs> and I'm like, man, this system looks a little complex. I'm going to be a human warrior, basic. And then 
our, our other friend, Melissa, also made a human war here. And I'm like, oh no. And then Nave's like, I'm going to be a rogue. And then he's Nave's second character, because it's a four player and you have to have four characters. His other character, he's like a cleric. I'm like, okay, so we got no real ranged attacks, right? You know, we're like struggling to kill any ranged enemy because Nave is just a stabby boy. And then we have a Healy cleric. And then out of nowhere, Nave is like, guys, I have a longbow. I'm like, when did you get a longbow? <laughs> he's like, I've had it this whole time. And then all of a sudden he just starts sniping things and we're like, man, you would have saved us like three combat years no! ago. You say I start sniping things? The first encounter that I get along, but we're fighting a lizard boy that literally crawls up a wall. So all my warriors are just standing there like, oh shit, man, look at that. That sucks. <laughs> so all we can do is just look up there at the guy. And so it's like, it's up to me. What is my name? Squibblian. Squibble Squammy. And I'm like, I, I don't know what my fucking name is. And so I pull up my bow critical one miss and i'm like oh, okay that sucked i got next turn though it's gonna be fine and i get my bow out critical one and i'm like oh man twice in a row what are the odds okay but it's gonna be fine because this third time i'm getting meanwhile this guy is sniping us with poison attacks and from below and so i'm like oh don't worry guys don't worry i got this i got this guys i got and i shoot and critical one three in a row and i'm like what are the odds of that okay let me google this what are the odds of getting the same number on a detour and meanwhile everyone's just yelling at me and i realized that my pal or my what is it the cleric she has a crossbow because everyone's like man i wish warriors started with crossbows and i look for some reason i didn't realize that she had a crossbow now the cleric is the one that kills the fucking guy with the she shoots him and hits him immediately i have way more dexterity than she does i don't even understand how the fuck that worked but anyway this, but that's what makes these games so fucking hilarious. And so I don't know if this game is even good or not, but the fact that we could see all of these dice rolls and shit happening, it just adds so much fucking comedic timing to this, uh, to the to the experience of just playing together. And so I love that shit. It's so fun. Like my favorite thing is my badass warrior is to claw one-liners right before yes! I strike someone because I have a giant two-handed monster whooping sword. And so if I can hit him once, I'm rolling high damage. And I even like re-roll like the lower dice. So because I'm a heavy weapon expert. So I just smash the crap out of whoever I hit. But so many times, because I thought my character was busted because we were actually rolled for stats, just like randomly rolled. And I'm like, oh, ho, ho. Like I got a, I got dang old 14 in my strength or something like that. So I am a monster. I go in there and like Nave's character's busted. Melissa's character's even more busted. I'm like, I'm actually the loser. How did this happen? <laughs> Like, I got the, the weakest character. I have, like, a negative one in intelligence. I'm dumb. I'm big dummy. <laughs> and not really, it, like... It's fucking great because Melissa is, like, she hits some... She's, like, sword and shield, and she hits someone for, like, 17 damage. And I'm like, oh, my fucking God. And then Philip goes, cowabunga. And then he swings, rolls a three, and misses immediate, immediately so bad. It's so fucking funny. It's it, terrible. Like, what are the, some of the one-liners that you say? Because it's always... Oh, it almost it's always, always stupid. Ends up, there's always it's like always... welcome to dead or hakuna matata <laughs> yeah hakuna matata he goes hakuna matata and he misses and then my turn is next and i go hakuna matata and then i miss and i'm just like damn it everyone's so fucking stupid i don't care all right let's keep this moving eric what games have you been playing <clears throat> um i have uh recently wrapped uh card shark which i'm writing a review for uh that game is absolutely incredible it's exclusive to the switch i think temporarily but uh it's very hard to kind of explain why it's really good until you actually play it if you have a switch it, there's a free demo that i recommend everybody check out but it's essentially like a uh um 
a quick time event uh quick time event the game is kind of what it is but all the quick time events are different ways you can cheat people in cards and there's actually like a <laughs> pretty, pretty involved story that is what's surprisingly deep with some surprisingly uh or some surprise twist that i didn't see coming because i didn't expect much from this game going in um but i think it's one of my favorite games this year it's it's phenomenal uh also playing neon white which is also another game that i think is temporarily uh switch exclusive that game is really really good i'm a little bit early in that one uh still have ways to go that one is it's kind of like if you take that mission in titanfall 2 the gauntlet mission like the training mission where you have to like do a bunch of parkour and and inter weave like your attacks and stuff to try to get the best time yeah uh, it's like we've talked that, about it i think yeah yeah so it's like that the game uh with a story and and way more depth to uh to those speed running mechanics uh which is really really fun and i'm playing a lot of what i seriously am considering it's still early so like i can change my mind i think uh but i think that multiverses is the best <laughs> multiplayer game to come out this year i am absolutely obsessed with it it is a it's so fun I don't know if you guys have checked this out. If you haven't, it's free to play. You should just watch it. some gameplay. You think it's footage. even better than Halo Infinite? Wait, it's free to play? Y- yeah. Halo Infinite didn't come out this year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it is free to play. It's kind of like League of Legends. So it's free. You get Wonder Woman if you do the uh, tutorial. And then they have four uh, characters Rotating that, champs. that rotate out in and out. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how long the rotations are. I'm assuming they're a week, but I, I didn't actually look into that. Um, you can unlock them just by playing or like with money, same as League. But uh, at least initially, I seem to be getting a lot of the currency to unlock them. I probably have maybe 10 hours or less of gameplay and uh, probably less actually. And I have enough to get one expensive character or two inexpensive characters, which is pretty good, plus the four. Um, I'm probably honestly going to spend money and just buy the big mega bundle uh, because I love this game. Um if you're a fan of Smash, I think it's better than Smash, which is probably blasphemy. better than Smash. My yeah, God. dude. Because I mean, we we can get into it if you want. I think that um, this is the first time that a company has made a game like this uh, and had the budget behind it. Because usually the competitors to Smash are like Brawlhalla or Digimon um, Rumble Arena Two. That N- sure Nickelodeon. What's the, what's the like sixteen bit one? I can't remember the name of it. Where you play as like there's like a a whale character uh oh i know what you're talking about slap uh, slap, slap city slap yeah city? slap city i don't no, think it's 16 bit it's not slap city it's it's that's <sighs> another one though donkey's got like two videos on that one it's pretty yeah, funny I had, it, I had it and then you said slap city and it like threw my brain i have oh no rivals of aether i think is what it's called that's, <laughs> i would have I, never guessed that i, I am convinced that, that is at least I, i'm convinced that's at least 80 percent correct it's something like that um but yeah what i'm getting at is those games that compete against smash are typically from indie developers and they are awesome and they definitely comp- compete mechanically with uh with smash but obviously they have smaller budgets so the polish is not the same uh that's not the case with multiverses multiverses competes with it mechanically i think i think the characters all the characters so far and mind you the roster is smaller than smash but the characters in that are in the game right now have more depth uh and mechanics to them than smash characters at least with my like brief time with both games um but the polish is just ridiculous the the animations are are all top notch they even have some of the original voice character ca- uh, voice actors so like Maisie williams is voicing Arya stark and like 
uh, Con- Kevin Conroy is voicing Batman, and you have like some of the original voice actors for like Harley Quinn with Tara Strong. I think I think is who voices her, which is like really cool. They didn't get LeBron James though, which is a shame. He's not voicing himself, but he's. In I was gonna the- ask, who's role. your main? My main right now is Wonder Woman, um, only because uh, she was the character that I I knew I owned because you get her for free, and I didn't want to like. I didn't know initially how much I was going to like the game. And so I wanted to pick the character I own in case uh, like the ones that I played went off the rotation and I didn't know how fast it was going to get gold. So I just, just, that was my logic and I pretty much only played wonder woman, but like the depth of it, it's so fun. And the thing that I think is really interesting is they focus a lot or heavily. It's like the main focus, honestly, they on two V two instead of like one V one, which is typically where, uh, the focus of, of smashes, at least if you're yeah. not playing it in like a party scenario, um, to the point where even like next week there's uh, it's going to be at Evo and there's a hundred thousand uh, dollar multiverses tournament and it's a two v two tournament. So every everyone's playing two v two, even in competitive, which is really cool because the characters are like balanced around that. So like Wonder Woman's down special is like a teleport to your teammate and give them a shield. So like a lot of the mechanics hmm. or the characters okay. are, there's they're designed around co-op or like team play which Philip? is really interesting yeah i know that sounds you really good you got some yeah you got something you going on in your brain send there? a lot of co-op flags in my brain when i hear about this yeah and like it does there's no real pay to win that i can see the cosmetic store is is like the only thing that you really get with premium there's battle pass as well all the characters and like they're the characters have like levels to them so there's a progression system which kind of it's that dopamine firing. So as you level up yeah. your characters, you unlock different perks that you can add that do kind of create a little bit of a build. But it's it's kind of like the the runes in League of Legends where they're they are there gotcha. to provide an advantage. But it's not like either you have no chance of beating anybody that has better runes than you. It's not like that. But there is enough where if everything's equal, then you want these runes. So you want to play and progress the characters. And the only way to get those, uh, as far as I can tell so far, is by playing and spending the gold you get from playing to acquire them and the more champions or characters you level up the faster you can get runes for other characters so it's uh it's a really cool system and it's a really really fun game and the polish is just mind-blowing and i don't i won't spoil it in the show in case people are sensitive to that stuff but the um the game has been data mined and the characters that are referenced to becoming uh as dlc characters is like crazy if you think about it wb is has a huge legacy of ip and they are going deep into the well and making sure every base is covered uh at least from the data mines um because they are they already freaking have lebron james like if they're gonna have lebron james like the it's it's limited doors are wide open it could be anybody harry Harry potter mortal Kombat. you can't believe they got macho man randy savage and jesus it's crazy (laughs) man they're on the table one of my favorite uh you know what yeah, the dolly memes with the ai generated things oh yeah gold my, uh, one Absolute of my favorite gold. ones i saw was like uh new league of legends champion jesus christ and it's just like all <laughs> this flash art where it's just like it almost looks like more like Mauzar, where it's just like standing in front of like glowing backgrounds and stuff like that with like abilities I'm like this is perfect i love yeah. i love the the worse they get the better because it's like man i wish i could just get into your head your mind space where were you it's like hitler at a smash brothers tournament or like something <laughs> like that i'm just like looking at it like this looks like that like yeah, how this is this possible exactly that. how do they do this Oh, I should also mention that it has the rollback netcode in it. So, like, online play is phenomenal. I have only experienced leg once, 
and uh, you can't say the same with Smash Bros. So it oh, no. instantly gets Smash a Bros. Huge, terrible. Yeah, so you get a massive advantage with that. I think it honestly, it, uh, it they haven't. There's no way to reliably get the concurrent players for a console game on like PlayStation or Xbox, but on Steam, it had over 140,000 concurrent players, which would on on its own, not counting the console games, would probably make it the most played like concurrent fighting game in history. Uh, and I would wager that there's more people playing on console than Steam just because fighting game, the fighting game community, for the most part, is more centered to consoles. Uh, more people play fighting games with controllers, like kind of makes sense or like arcade sticks and whatnot. Um, but yeah, so if, if the consoles just match that number, you're looking at like 300,000 concurrent for a for a fighting game, which is historic. So like this game is off to a good a good start. Let's to put it simply. Nice, nice. All right, do you have any more games you want to talk about? Uh, I mean, I'm also playing like the standard slew of like World of Warcraft, Hearthstone, and Apex Legends and Halo Infinite. So like those are just always being played. So probably not worth really mentioning. There's nothing really new or exciting with those games. They ever fix the hackers in Apex or whatever? I never experienced hackers in Apex. Maybe or did you play it on PC? Maybe. Uh, no, I don't play it. But I think it was like a year ago we had the Pex Pals podcast on to talk about apex and they were mostly complaining about the consistent amount of hackers that they were encountering hmm. i mean I only <laughs> a year ago I've, yeah. I've never experienced hackers once there there was a weird bug a while ago that has sadly been fixed where sometimes there's like an issue with the net code where you would get into what they call a slow lobby uh where everything in in the game just is in slow motion so like you're probably like 100 to 200 percent slower and the gravity That's really is, weird <laughs> So like you jump when you jump, for example, you get to the same height, but to get there it takes like four times as long and same with landing. And then the whole game will just be like that. And it just randomly happens. That's pretty every, wild. Every like probably 50 games, you would get a slow lobby, uh, but it's patched now. So the fun's over. Right. And I, I want to talk about the Halo Infinite, uh, the leaks. I guess they're not even really leaks because it's but the Forge stuff. I want to talk yeah, about that for a second. Amazing. God, I'm so excited. For everyone who isn't aware, like listening, go look up what's what you're capable of doing in the Forge mode. Like, I know it's not coming for 27 years, and I'm going to be, uh, you know, living off of the government after that at a period of time, whenever I can play the Forge mode for Halo. <laughs> but it's like you can make Master Chief like a million, a million stories tall. Like you can scale things. You can make battle rifles like shoot rockets. Apparently, like you can really goof around with like everything. It's like it's like how we remember. Uh, Halo 3's Forge being, you know what I mean? Like you, it felt like we had endless possibilities. With it's like, like Halo 2 mods, is what it looks like. Oh, it's oh, it's so exciting. Yeah, it looks great. I think you'll see it sooner than you think, though, because like they're they've been playing the closed beta or closed the the basically the insider build that that you're getting these like leaks quote leaks from. Like yeah, yeah. Control leaks. They've been playing that since like Halo Infinite came out. So uh it's been being played for a long time and being being iterated on for a long time i think you'll see it next season like september october so I think yeah i i follow the twitter account what's the opposite of halo plasma posting the opposite one i follow that one too and so they're always like Forge. they're uh, yeah they're like sacred icon or something like that i can't remember it That's might there might be more than one but um i they just keep posting like positive things about halo going on so i always it's almost always like forge and like co-op and stuff like i was like 
I loved watching videos of people playing co-op and doing crazy stuff. Like if you're the ho like, so you know you were tethered together, so you can't like you you can't go too far away from each other or you'll die. But you know the host is always the one that survives apparently. So they figured out that you can like slingshot each other if you grapple hook each other. So if you grapple hook each other in a certain way, you can always make sure that one person just gets sent flying across the map. And so yeah. they always did it to the host, which insta killed the fucking the the co-op partner. But then you're you're just like woo fucking. It's like, it's kind of like the thing with the fusion coils when you're standing cancel. on top. Or, or yeah, uh, sword canceling. Heck yeah, yeah, dude. That's a good pull. Yeah, dude. It's gonna be great. Co-op's already pretty fun, and I can't wait for Forge. The question I have is like, how are players that don't make the maps and and whatever, how are they gonna access those creations? Because there's no custom games browser. Oh yeah. Uh, is there gonna be a file share system, or is there gonna be like a website you can go to that's like somewhat curated? Uh, like how are we going to be able to play those maps in custom games? And I think that's the question that they haven't answered yet. The scope and scale of Forge, I think, is, speaks for itself. I think it will be fantastic, but um, it's not going to be great if people can't play the stuff that other people make, which is the big thing. It's it's crazy because I'm just thinking back. I'm like, how did things spread in, on Halo 3? And it's like that stuff just spread like COVID. Like and you just had to meet person a person, person with the – yeah, you just had to meet a person with the with something cool in their file share and go, ooh, well, that's something that sounds interesting. And then you just discovered. Yeah. It's like, there was I a, think eventually, yeah, I think you're about to say it. Yeah, sorry. There was a website that people would post their Forge things on and then people would vote on them and upvote them. And then it kind of curated itself a little bit. And then it had a link to the person that made it. And then you would have to go into Xbox Live, add them as a friend, and then uh, their friends would be <laughs> full. And then you, you had to find a way to get it. But in newer halos you could just like click download and it would download that to your profile which would sync with waypoint and then you would get it um so hopefully it's something like that but we don't know i really hope they get their own little like tab on halo infinite where you can just start browsing mm -hmm. curated stuff like i think i think even like doom eternal has stuff like that or whichever doom had the little map making thing which i don't think ever took off but halo's got a lot of potential yeah. for that especially since it's such an integrated part of the experience like originally like in halo 3 like in the heyday i mean halo 3 halo reach so it's like i'm really excited for that but yeah I, I hear a lot of complaints like especially from youtube accounts like like hardcore halo youtube accounts like uh chris raygun and the act man where they're constantly complaining about like even even not only that there's like a lack of custom matchmaking but also it's like there's it, it's like the the servers are like significantly worse or something like there's some kind of weird like connectivity issue with like getting bunches of people together that aren't just randomly match made by the by the game's original matchmaking it just kind of like everything starts to fall apart so like they want to run big like halo nights but they always have to go to master chief collection because it's so goofed over on halo infinite which i don't i mean and it's so nice over on master chief collection too so it's like i don't want to blame them but yeah, I know they had issues at launch. I haven't experienced much issues with custom games, but when I play them, I'm usually playing them with people that are kind of close to my, I guess, data center, like on the East Coast. Um, MCC, uh, I think, might do it a little bit better. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. There's, there's a lot of more complaining, I think, about Halo Infinite than it deserves by a lot, a very large margin. So here's a complaint for you. This is some from old Plasma posting. If you guys see the tweet of, uh, I don't remember what the question was exactly, but the reply from 343 was that they currently have no plans to monetize Forge mode. So, Nave, what if they had a 
dye pack for only a dollar that lets you change the color of the brush assets or something to purple. Like, oh, you're Forge talking mode. about like you're talking about like Fallout Four level shit where they're just trying to like monetize tiny little things like when yeah, they try to monetize like, mods. Hey, you like we got Forge, you can go forging, but hey, what if you want to do a little bit extra in your Forge mode? God, that's it. that's real doomer. Yeah I, yeah, I like it's really easy to just go. What if they did this horrible thing and then convince yourself that it's probably gonna happen? So it's like, oh, I don't know. Like well, I did that way back you in the day. I remember. Purple, I remember way back in the day when Final Fantasy VII Remake got announced. Everyone was like, "It's gonna be separated, sixty nine ninety nine or seventy nine or fifty nine ninety nine for per CD. It's gonna come out in like twenty years." Like people were prophets about that, and that really changed the way I think about. Because people were like, Square Enix fucking sucks. Why would they do this good? Like, and it's like, the game's going to be bad. You're going to buy Aerith as DLC, like the Revive Aerith DLC. It's shit oh, like no. that. It's going to be like leveling up for money. It's like, it's not as bad as it looked before. But they nailed the fucking separating the game by multiple parts. They fucking nailed it. Like, I, I don't know how someone figured that shit out. But it's like, I don't know. Anyway, I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. Uh, let's just move on to the next section. Backlog busting. Nave, playing Final Fantasy 13, and I'm on the final chapter, and I am at a Still? brick wall. Yes, that's it. I'm like, all right, guys, I'm going to play Final Fantasy 13. I'm going to finish it the next three days so I can report back to the pod that I was a good boy and I actually finished my games that I play because <laughs> so oftentimes I don't finish the games I play. And lo and behold, I am not strong enough because I have not done any side questing or any of the bounty hunts or anything like that. And I am a weak, weak boy. So I look up online. I'm like, all right, guys, what's the pro tip? How do I get there? And they're like, okay, there's this one enemy in the final chapter that you can kill. And he's worth tons of XP. Just go kill him. I look. Almost like I'm they not... knew about this problem in playtesting. And they had to fucking scramble to fix it. I thought so too. But he's at the end of a massive gauntlet that I can't get through because I'm not strong enough. And so uh -oh. I'm like, all right, I'm looking through everything else to be like, hey, how, how do I get stronger faster? And they're like... Yeah, you just got to grind. Uh, there's this one part in Chapter 3 where like, you're just Zaz and Vanille, and you're at like a carnival. You can, I grinded here for about four hours and maxed them out. And I'm like, I don't want to grind for four hours. And then it's like, or you can just go explore the overworld, really enjoy the game. And I'm like, have you seen the overworld in Final Fantasy thirteen? <laughs> it's, it's a field. They have a, a field from Fantasy Star as their overworld where you just walk around and they just have mobs just meandering about. And I'm like talking to Jan about it. I'm like, now I just got to grind. And she's like, grinding is the worst part of this game. Because after like day three of playing this game, I just muted it. I just muted all the audio because I'm tired of hearing Vanille like, let's do it, guys. And oh, 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 every time they get hit, I'm just, it's just terrible. I all need to finish this game. sounds and weird right. dubstep noises that it makes. Yeah. <laughs> Did you finish this one? Either of you? Oh, yeah. Uh, I have not. Uh, I, I got, I think, probably a quarter of the way through. Um, I honestly couldn't tell you why I stopped playing. Another game probably just came out. I don't really have any complaints about it, especially if you play it now on Series uh, X because like the the backward compat upgrades are insane. Like the game runs at 4K and it looks gorgeous. It looks better than Xbox One games, a lot of them, which is pretty cool. But uh, yeah, it's a long one, and there's like there's two more after that. I know. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm at like four hour 46 or something, and. It's terrible because all the guys I'm looking at, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I just did about a grinding. I just spent a day grinding in the overworld, and I was able to max everyone out. And I look at his game time, and this guy's on, like, chapter four, and he is at, like, 
60 hours in the game and i'm like oh my god that like was i supposed to be was i supposed to be pokemon like over leveling every step of the way just to finish the game apparently i don't i don't know i used a i used a guide the whole time like i used true achievements just to make sure that i because i knew i wasn't gonna as soon as i got stopped by that boss and quit the first time i played the game i was already in the mentality of i'm not gonna finish this game if i don't just min max the whole way through and i don't have the patience to figure out the fucking game so it's like i'm just gonna have to let someone tell me exactly what to do like a good boy yeah, I was going to say, it's interesting that the that new game from the people that made The Messenger, I think it's called Sea of Stars, like part of their marketing for the game or like one of their bullet points, I guess, is that they like calculated how much XP you get from the regular like mainline progression for the game. And they made it so that there's no grinding required and that's like some kind of positive. I think personally that's a positive, but I, I feel like grinding is like kind of part of the JRPG experience because like they've been doing it since like the nineties or earlier with like dragon quest whenever that came out and no one like people complain, like you complain, I would complain, but the vast majority of people that enjoy those games don't seem to complain about mindless grinding. Um, well, I think it's part of like the difficulty modifier at that point, like Pokemon's an easy game. If you over level every zone before you get to each gym leader, or if you look at, I don't know, Dragon Quest, like Dragon Quest was really easy for me until the final boss, because they expect you to be full power leveled. Like I'm talking about Dragon Quest 11, yeah. uh, special stars edition or whatever it's called in that one, you need to be max level and know your shit if you're going to beat the final boss of the game. So they have like auto battling for the whole game. You can just auto battle. And so I was very overpowered max level by the end of the game. And I was still get, I still haven't finished it because I can't be the final boss. Yeah, there's huge difficulty spikes. Um, yeah, like I personally, the way I would play games like that is I would do all of the story content, like main and side quest. And typically, I like I feel like if I do the side quest and I do the main stuff, I should be able to beat anything uh, in terms of my level. But a lot of times when I play JRPGs, even if you do the side quest and the main quest, the game expects you to just run around in bushes and fight monsters for hours uh, on top of all of that. And when I notice that happening, I usually stop playing because I think that sucks. Yakuza like a dragon's perfect because it like there are a few issue for like moments in that game where if you are only doing the story, you'll get uh, beat down by a boss. And then you wanted to go do some side stories, which like if you're not doing side stories in Yakuza, that's like crazy because like that's yeah. they're part of the charm and one of the best parts of the game. But if you do those, or at least a good handful of those, you're usually like in a position where you can beat any boss, um, which is, I think, how it should be. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of uh, playing Yakuza is just doing a handful of side missions as you're playing along, and then whenever you get to that point of no return, just going back and doing as many as you want to, kind of as a, as a very strong boy. And so, uh, you guys got me thinking about all these hours of grinding. It reminded me when I got the, you know, the the Xbox equivalent of a platinum for Final Fantasy VII whenever it got remastered and brought forward with all the cheat engine stuff there's an achievement for getting everyone to level 99 and there's like a boss that gives you a ton i mean not a boss but like a rando enemy that you can encounter towards the end of the game gives you a ton of experience and you've got like time you got like 99 you got 9999 life where you can never die you're always hitting nine max damage and with every attack and you have the super speed that's going like you know four times speed where the frame rate's like 600 or something and so the game's going so fast and you can't die and so you're just assassinating these dudes and it still took me like 
an entire episode of Joe Rogan to fucking get to level 99. Like I'm just sitting there grinding just, and I don't even need the levels. I just want the achievement. Cause I'm like, this game means a lot to me. Let's go and, you know, get all the achievements in it. But yeah, those JRPG experiences are nuts. It kind of bit me. Cause I've been hyping this game called Amori. I don't know if you've ever heard of this game. Have you heard of this game, Eric? Uh, yeah, I have installed. I haven't, I haven't booted up yet though. Very good. But I gotta, I've got to warn you now. Because it's happened to me, and it seems to be happening to a good handful of people, that um, this game has the potential to erase your saves and, like, revert them back to, like, saves from, I don't know, like, 15 hours ago. So I was, like, pretty – I was, like, very, very far into the game. Like, I, I have, I've seen all the revelations. I was, like, just trying to get to the end, and I came – I stopped playing one day. I'm probably, like, I don't know, 25, 28 hours into the game. And it, which I can't tell because the game does quick resume. And so my time was like 89 hours. So that was wrong. But I came back in the game. I was like level 12. I was way back. I didn't realize. So I was playing for a while wondering where all my skills were and stuff. But I was over leveling that in that game too. So the game was, it kind of contributes to that difficulty thing where that game wasn't so hard for me. I was just kind of steamrolling everything because I was like just grinding for a little bit, just talking to Melissa, playing a game of chess, just because it's it's, these turn-based games, they lend themselves to that kind of play style, like that kind of idle game where you can just kind of forget that the game is playing for a little while and it's totally fine rather than, you know, dying instantly if you're playing Final Fantasy 12, right? Because the game will just kill you if you're standing still. Well, yeah, Omori's really good though. I think you should play it. I'm, I'm glad you downloaded it. Is that a bug or a feature where it A bug. You? It's okay. basically a feature now because it's been around for years, apparently. It's like on the Steam version. Apparently the only way you could fix it is on the Steam version because you can be on PC you can just like a uh, like oh uh, like uh back up your save, revert it. Back up your save. Files. Yeah. That's it. All right. So Nate, what painful. did you buy? Nothing. I think Okay, perfect. Monsters. Yeah, Monster, Monster Energy, Energy drinks. drinks. A lot of paper towels. Yep. All right. Uh, at this point, I want to thank our Patreon subscribers, Michael Superbacker and Pinecone. Couldn't do without you boys. And instead of going and checking out our Patreon, dear co-op listeners, how about we go check out Game Positive and give them some listens? Nave has his featured insert coin episode on there. And he was on a more recent episode talking about game feelings or something i don't know i didn't listen to it sorry <laughs> Nave was on the episode where we were reacting to uh xbox's e- like e3 conference and he was also on the more recent episode where we talked about the weird ways that game pass affects us uh, outside of simply just getting a shit ton of games for a really low price perfect Nave, what's on the twitter nothing i didn't wake okay. up let's take a break and then we'll hit the game Wonderful. <laughs> and we're back. Elder Scrolls Online. Developed by Zenimax Studios. Zenimax Online Studios. Let me be specific with that because they are a separate team from the other Zenimax peoples. Uh, published by Bethesda Softworks. All the way back on, on consoles is June 2015. This game is the MMO Elder Scrolls. Something we've been waiting for since Morrowind. And I'm not talking about like co-op Morrowind, which is what I is the real Elder Scrolls MMO. Let's get it. You know, <laughs> let's be real about it. Did you see the co-op Skyrim? Is that out yet? I think that's it's pretty close to getting out. You know, back in the day, me and Shadow tried playing co-op Skyrim when the mod was in really early development, and it barely worked. If I say barely worked, as in it didn't work, but we were able to see each other in the in the overworld. 
God, can you like Fostro Daw each other? Because that sounds like a nightmare. No, like our enemies were like instanced away from us. So it would be like you had to fight your own enemies, but you could still see each other. It was almost like Fable 2 style co-op, but it were just orbs. You yeah. know, like we're not actually in each other's world. It I don't know why, little... but that makes me think of No Man's Sky. I don't even know what even connects to that, but. Let's go around with a quick kind of like preconceptions or history with the game. Eric, what is your history with Elder Scrolls Online? Uh, well, my history with Elder Scrolls is similar to you, where I start with Morrowind, and I think that's one of the best RPGs of all time, and the rest of them are also really good, too. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online, I actually played the beta, and I thought it was awesome. Uh, I didn't buy it originally because I wanted to play it on console, and originally the PC version came out like a year before console. Yeah. Uh, and then in that year time where I was waiting for the console version, uh, other stuff came out. I think it was Destiny came out and I really didn't play much. Uh, they ended up having some free weekends uh, and the game was heavily discounted and eventually came on Game Pass. And, and so I did start dabbling into it well after it came out. Uh, the Morrowind DLC was probably the the main driving force behind that. Um but I even even that I didn't play at launch because I was like at that point uh, I was like all in on Destiny. I think I think that the PC version was like 2000. I think you actually said this and I I can't remember. But I think the PC version came out like right around the same time as Destiny, and the console version was like a year in, or maybe I'm off by a year or so. Not but sure. yeah, Destiny really Destiny was 2014. Destiny really kind of like took me. It even took me out of World of Warcraft, which is like my main my favorite mmo uh destiny hooked me really hard and I, I, it was very hard for me to get to any into any mmo or any multiplayer game for that matter so i kind of had a rough start with eso uh, but i have played a lot of it in like small amounts over the almost 10 years i guess that's been out yeah just on consoles uh i don't know how accurate the game time tracker is on xbox but i think it listed you around like four days or so of in game yeah. time yeah and none of that was like at one point like heavily at one point it would be like 10 hours here then a few months later like i would get the urge again and like so on and so forth for several years so um i think i have a good amount of knowledge on the game and i can i could definitely articulate my crit critiques for it as well as the things that i would praise about it uh but yeah i guess that would be my experience with it and boy there are some critiques nave what is your <laughs> history with eso or just elder scrolls in general uh yeah i started on morrowind i was too i was too small of a baby to understand i'd never played a western rpg so when i, I on the back of the case i remember seeing at a uh, a hastings with my madre she was gonna buy me a game and i saw this was the best rpg in existence or whatever the fuck the game of the year says on the back and i was like i've got to have it i got if it's the best one this is the one i need and so exactly. i uh i had experience with final fantasy 7 and final fantasy 8 i knew those were rpgs just from uh, you know, game exchange employees telling me that's what they were called. And so I got Morrowind and I had an, I had no idea what the hell was going on. And so I put it down very fast. I was getting killed by those cliff racers or whatever. And I didn't understand how the hitting was not working. And so uh, as far as ESO goes, well, Oblivion is my favorite game, by the way, of all the Elder Scrolls. I, I have such a soft spot for Oblivion. It mean, it mean, it, it was in, It's in the same time frame as Halo 3, where it has this very nostalgic feel-good, uh, me coming to terms with being a gamer kind of thing. Not that I was in denial, but that I just didn't know what I liked. I was kind of aimless as a child. And, but I've discovered video games with Philip and Steven from high school, and uh, Oblivion was there for me, along with Mass Effect and... 
I don't know, Bioshock. But Kane and Lynch. Yep, I know. Yeah, Kane and Lynch, Seminole Xbox. Uh, Is that the Platinum Hits copy of yeah, uh, the I Xbox? The I got the back of the box quote for you, Nave. If you want to relive your Hastings experience, let me close my eyes. Let me get on my knees so I'm short. Oh wait, right. my eyes are closed, so I won't even notice. But whatever. It says. The Elder Scrolls III Morrowind is the most detailed game world ever created, where you create and play any kind of character you can imagine. Morrowind sets a new standard in gaming with its incredible graphics, in-depth gameplay, and innovative character development. Todd Howard, circa 2002. Nailed it. it Todd Howard, never lie. <laughs> All that's true, by the way. That game's one of the best RPGs of all time. Yeah, so, I was debating on doing some chanting like quietly, but I didn't want to throw it off. I'd be like, "Oh, I'm down, dude, that soundtrack slaps though. It's one of the very good. It's really good. I started listening to the soundtrack ironically because of Phil. I would just put it on when I was playing a random game, and then I like legitimately fell in love with it, even though I had no nostalgia for it. It is very interesting. I have a Spotify playlist I created that's called Every Scrolls, and it has every Elder Scrolls soundtrack, including all the chapters and expansions to ESO, all mixed into one. Uh, so shout out to that. You can go check that out on Spotify. So my quick history with the game. Uh, you know, big Elder Scrolls fan all the way back since Morrowind. They never played like Arena or Daggerfall, but I see there's like a Unity version of Daggerfall, and it's like free. So I keep thinking about breaking into, but it, who has the time? Daggerfall is bigger than Starfield. Yeah, it, it looks massive. ESO is particular, though. I played the beta back in the day, and I just remember seeing everyone in the spawn zone, just like as I was there, like right as the beta started, and everyone's just rushing through Cold Harbor, and there's just like 40 dudes trying to fight one mob. And I'm like, this is incredible. This is how I pictured MMOs the first time I played RuneScape, <laughs> or the first time I played World of Warcraft. I'm like, this is what I thought it was going to be like. Cut to 10 years later, or how many years later it's been. Elder Scrolls is a completely different beast. You still see lots of dudes running around, just like murdering the crap out of things, but it's a little bit more reserved at this point. A little more wandering and less uh, dungeon with 40 dudes in it. Does so, everyone remember their first experience in Elder Scrolls Online? Since Philip brought up yeah. his. Uh, I don't know. Oh, yeah. What, what's yours then, Nate? Well, I just remember. So on, I played it on the Xbox, like way deep. It was like a there was. I think they released an expansion. It might have been Morrowind, and they just gave it away to Game Pass. They were just like, "It's on Game Pass today," or something. I don't remember. So I was able to jump in immediately, and I started playing it. And I was in a party with somebody. I can't remember who it was, but I was walking around just talking mad shit to everybody, which is something that has just become my favorite thing to do in Morrowind. Where just I walk up to someone and I go. Your character looks stupid. What is your name? Optimus Scrime? Dumb. Idiotic. Puh, spit on it. And I would walk away. And I didn't know that there was local chat. I didn't know people could hear me doing this, like running around yelling at all of these people. So eventually I'm talking shit and I hear someone go, ha, 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 that guy knows what's up. And I'm like, yeah, see, this guy knows. And I'm like, I don't know where he's at, but I'm like, that guy knows what I'm talking about. And I'm just continuing to roast this guy. And this guy runs up to me. He's like, hey, you're funny, man. And I'm just continuing to, I don't know what the fuck, I don't know what I'm hearing. So I'm just continuing. And then he says my name. I'm like, I feel that stomach drop. Like, oh shit, people can hear me. I'm like just <laughs> drinking beers and just being funny on the, just to my friend on in the Xbox party. But after I learned that, 
Um, I think eventually they switched it to toggle where you're not immediately turned on and like you don't immediately hear everyone. But I always had that shit turned on because it is you find the most interesting people who are on Elder Scrolls at six in the morning, like drinking and singing like karaoke with each other in the middle of town. It is like the weirdest fucking place. And I am in I'm in for it. I'm there with them. I remember going through like Stormhold at one point and in this, you know, general chat that is general Mike chat and they were just blasting music through their headset and we were listening to Green Day. Everyone's just standing <laughs> around this one character by the stable, just like blasting Green Day. I'm like, this is what we're doing right now. Just straight chilling. It was yeah, interesting because. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was, no, I was just going to say it's hilarious because my first experience is literally the same thing where you just I went into Strauss Mackay and there's just like a circle of people that are just like singing. In their <laughs> and like there's emotes where that are in the game that like your character will play like different instruments and make yeah. music with them and there people were just combining that and just like singing like that's the first <laughs> thing i experienced when i went into the major towns as well like that's everybody i think's first experience with uh with eso which is pretty funny uh, so whenever I get bored recent, like these days, I do a handful of things. I'll start playing chess. I'll, I'll grab my guitar. And sometimes my guitar bleeds through because sometimes I'm playing right next to my amp. So it has no, no choice but to bleed through into my into my headset. And so I was just standing at a way shrine while Philip and Melissa and, and Jana are all doing because we, we were getting the whole group together. We were getting everyone involved. And they were doing dungeons and running around doing delves and stuff. And I'm just in the middle of the shire wherever the fuck city i'm at just playing my guitar and i keep hearing people talk about it as they walk by they're like hey someone's playing their guitar and then they just keep going <laughs> like they just because there's like distance like if yeah. as the, if they're far away they're quieter it's so funny like i don't know it makes me think of old halo 2 and halo 3 you remember proximity yeah. chat that was and you kill someone they're like damn it <laughs> and you're just like <laughs> you died yeah. you suck but um it's a lot of start in games today man that's one yeah, of the big group highlights chat. for ESO. It's just proximity chat with random strangers. I remember yeah. the best was Splinter Cell because as a spy, you could grab the Merc and talk to them. <laughs> and it was so good. Like, you, they can't really hear you until you grab them. But then once you grab them, you could be like, hey, bitch. Gotcha. Dude, that's so funny. That had to have been because by that time, like, I remember G4 TV, they had this thing called Secret Agent Bob and Special Agent Steve. And they would all, there was, that was always a running joke where they would grab somebody and they would just be like, Your hair smells like ginger. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, it's so you. weird. It's so good, man. It was like, that's why that game was part of the reason I should say, because it is a phenomenal game, but that's part of the reason why Pandora Tomorrow and Chaos Theory were so awesome was because of that, that social interaction that is completely lost today because everyone's in a party chat, which is, I'll extrapolate more on why that makes ESO bad or worse, I guess, than other MMOs. But yeah, that proximity chat is, is really good. I remember one time I got thrown by it where uh, we were just like standing around and I'm like talking in a party chat with Nave or whatever. And then I hear a little kid. So what's his face got a popsicle? Can I have one too? And I'm like, Nave, do you have little kids at your house? And he's like, (laughs) what are you talking about? I'm like, who's that kid asking for popsicles at your house? (laughs) The chocolate milk kid. Do you remember that from Rainbow Six? No, that's, uh, that's, that's, a, that's a deep cut meme, but they're basically, yeah, they were in a lobby in Rainbow Six and this kid was like freaking out because it was his bedtime and he was trying to like stall and his and his mom or he was telling his mom, like, you told me I could have a drink before I have to go to bed. And then she's like, fine, what do you want? She's like, he's like, I want chocolate milk. She's like, we don't have chocolate milk. We only have Mountain Dew. He's like, I don't want Mountain Dew. And they're just recording this kid <laughs> freaking out. 
He's like, I want goddamn chocolate milk. If you Google chocolate milk kid, it's like, it's like maybe like a year or two older than like Leroy Jenkins. Like that's how old of a meme that is. It's funny because I just randomly saw like a Counter Strike, uh, like original Counter Strike meme. I think I retweeted it. There's like an article about it, and it had the video attached. It was like guys running around, and he gets he's like a, they're knifing each other, which is classic Counter Strike because you can't kill you can't knife your teammates at the beginning, and then it's like uh, you're running around. He's running around knifing him, and then he gets stuck at the door, and he's like, oh man, I was trying to sneak through the door, but I couldn't. Uh, hey man, can you move the? I can't get through this door. Hey, I can't get the. Hey, the the door. The door stuck. The door stuck. God, please, please, I'm begging you. We're dead. And then enemies show up, and he, but they can't get through the door because he's pinned. And I'm just like, it's very. I love that old shit. And there's something about the shitty mic quality and the shitty netcode, so everything yeah. sounds like garbled nonsense. There's something about it that's just so nostalgic. <laughs> Because everything just sounds like this is po- how I sound in the podcast. This is just my Xbox headset. This is how I sound all the time to, to Philip. So it's like, he, as far as he knows, this is what my voice is. But um, I remember uh, in uh, uh, so uh, Sacred Symbols, Chris Reagan has his own like Discord channel. And on one of the voice chats, there's a bot that turns everyone's voices into old Xbox uh, original sounding headsets. So everyone oh, sounds like they're in a Halo 2 lobby. That's and I so want to experience good. that so bad. I bet that's so fun. All right, ESO, a game about walking and killing random wildlife. Uh, let's talk about what we do in the game. So in the game, you MMO, you craft, you level up, uh, you get daily rewards. And this game is full of microtransactions. I don't know if you guys encountered any in your experience, but I feel like I was getting an ad pretty consistently every time you log in every time you do most of the menu related things there was always an ad for something uh what's your guys take on its overall economy with that um yeah so the game originally when it originally came out had a monthly subscription like world of warcraft and its entire kind of content stream was designed around that obviously the game like for whatever reason, whether it didn't live up to expectations or maybe they just thought that this would be more profitable, they switched to a like an optional subscription. So how it works is every year they release a chapter, which is like the big chunk in DLC. Like that's what Morrowind was and like Somerset and 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 High Isle and stuff like that. And then they usually have four DLCs is what they call them, which are just like mini kind of expansions that come out. Uh, throughout the year and if you can subscribe and get all of those dlcs for free everyone that's ever come out uh or you can get uh and then you buy the chapters individually um which is a really good value you get a ton of of value from that because there's so much content in the game i personally if you do plan on playing it for more than just a dabbling i would recommend subscribing to esl plus because they also give you some in-game currency which is called crowns which you could use to permanently own some of the dlc Uh, or buy chapters and stuff like that. Um, But the thing that really annoys me is that the, if you do subscribe on top of all that content, which is great, you also get like an infinite uh, inventory size. Oh, the crafting bag. Yeah. Crafting bag. Sorry to put all the crafting materials, which is what usually fills up your inventory. Yeah. And like that bugs me because that is a feature that doesn't really cost them anything. It's kind of designed to annoy you to kind of, uh, entice you into subscribing where i do think it's worth subscribing because the content you get is uh awesome and i think that the subscription should be warranted based on that alone and i do kind of despise the 
kind of built-in annoyances to kind yeah. of convince you to subscribe. I have no issue subscribing to World of Warcraft. I think the subscription is absolutely worth it for what you get. And I would feel the same way about ESO if that was w what it was. And then also on top of that, you have a ton of like cosmetics that you can get or loot boxes, which is kind of weird to still see that happening. But uh, in an MMO where the chase is to get gear and to get like, like fashion is a big part of any uh, persistent world destiny fashion's important world uh, warframe world of warcraft all diablo all those things like what you look like is a big part of the gameplay loop because that's you're trying to get the gear the whole time and to have a lot of those motifs those crafting motifs and different other cosmetics be locked behind paywalls is a little bit annoying but there are significantly worse games out there for that and i i wouldn't necessarily put the uh, cash shop as a as a deterrent to playing like I wouldn't not play because of that I don't think it's that egregious but it is a little bit annoying I would say yeah uh, it's weird how they create the problem and then sell you the answer for it yeah it I got to a point where I was like I whenever I played this on PC way before and I played a lot and I was like doing all the crafting and everything like that and I got to a point where I realized that it was not possible for me as a free player to do all the crafting just because of the amount of resources it takes to maintain it. So I'm like, I had to like slim down to like three of the crafting. And then when I started again on a new account on console, because there's no carryover, different servers, all that, I instantly like, okay, I am only going to do blacksmithing just so I don't run out of bag space every two seconds. And I knew which resources were blacksmith resources because they're clearly labeled. So I would just never pick up anything if it wasn't a blacksmithing resource. And so I managed to, I don't know, not fill up my inventory that often. Also, I would log in every day before we even played the game. For like a month in advance, I would log in every day to get your one daily free bag upgrade from the horsey guy. And meanwhile, Nave is also logging in and getting the the other upgrade that makes your horsey go 1% faster. And I'm <laughs> like, why, Nave? You can get one more bag slot. So you're not always full of inventory stuff. Yeah, and he never and he, he never told me a lot of important things. Like he I think he was just like, Hey, you can upgrade your horse over there. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Well obviously I'm just gonna make it faster. I don't know what else you would upgrade a horse for. I don't know what the bag is, but I'm not gonna put anything on the on the horse itself. Like it's like Red Dead Redemption. And this this isn't what I'm this isn't what I'm playing this game for. Um What's it? Oh go ahead. No, I was just gonna keep rambling because Philip walked away. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is what's kind of interesting is like, and this is going to be a preface. I love World of Warcraft. I think it's one of my favorite games ever. Well, I don't think that it, it is. I think it might be the best multiplayer game of all time. Uh, there's debates that I could have about that internally. So I'm mm. going to compare ESO to World of Warcraft a lot. And I'm going to start doing that right now. In World of Warcraft, obviously, you have crafting and you have bags to put your materials in. And there is a like there is no infinite bag uh, like they do have in uh, ESO if you subscribe to the plus uh, monthly subscription. But in Elder or in World Warcraft, you start with a very small or a pretty big sorry backpack, but no additional bags and to get more bags you have to play the game you have to either craft a bag yourself by farming the materials and getting the expertise to do so uh get gold and buy one from another player on the auction house or maybe uh interact with other players and like convince them to craft you one or hand them the supplies or pay them uh gold to do it for you uh and you, you can get bigger bags by like interacting with the world and its inhabitants you don't get extra storage or space by like logging in every day um yeah which again will tie you closer to the world it forces you to interact with players which is in my opinion the whole entire point of an mmo 
I think World of Warcraft is an MMORPG, and I think Elder Scrolls Online is a Elder Scrolls MMO, where Elder Scrolls comes first, MMO comes second. World of Warcraft is the reverse of that, um, which that's something that we'll get into probably a lot more later on. But it's interesting because there is a problem with running out of bag space in pretty much every MMO. World of Warcraft has this, but I have no issues with their system even though I do run out of space all the time and have to go like sell stuff to the auction house or sell stuff to vendors or just drop stuff and delete stuff because I have no space, but I don't have this like kind of thought in the back of my head where it's like, if I could, I could pay money and not have this problem. And that makes me more mad than just having the problem and having no real solution to getting infinite storage. It's kind of a weird way that my brain works, I guess. I don't know if you guys feel the same. It makes me think yeah. of like when Philip was talking about making the problem and then giving you uh, a solution by making you pay for it. It makes me think of uh, Tales of Arise a little bit because that was a, something that came up a whole lot because you can buy extra experience buffs and you can buy extra gold and you can buy like extra space for items because like you can in that game you can hold up to 10 healing items or you can buy the a 99 upgrade so that you can have 99 in this like With single player money? JRPG. Yes, which I did oh, because I didn't know that. That's yeah, really it, dumb. It's really interesting because, like, with the money situation, I never really had money. Because, I mean, I dropped I dropped the bag on this game. I thought this game was going to be – I don't know. I, it looked really cool, and I love Tales games. So I was like, yeah, sure, I'll get, I'll get all this random bullshit. Because I think a lot of Tales games – like, ever since Vesperia, I think they had, like, experience boosts and stuff like that. What it is is it's literally just – Things that you unlock after you beat the game and you play New Game Plus, you can like purchase these things in the in-game store, like with the with the you all the all the stuff you did during the campaign money. You know what I mean? Kind of like yeah. Resident Evil. Oh, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So people were wondering. It's like, are they are they uh, balancing this game with the idea that you're never gonna have enough money to purchase enough healing items to survive specific late game events unless you spend real life money in order to upgrade to 99 because i literally never had a problem i woo just walked straight through that game with because i and i bought all of the stuff i bought all the the stupid shit that you shouldn't be buying and supporting but i did it anyway because back then i had a roommate so i was able to like splurge on games but um it's like yeah, that, that's ex exactly – another game that reminds me of – I've been watching Moist Critical play a uh, knockoff of Fall Guys called – it's like Tumble Dudes or something like that. I can't remember. It. And it's, it's like – so you know in Fall Guys you can grab people? Well, you can't grab people in that game. It's locked behind a paid emote. Like you have to pay money to grab – get the emote to grab people. And there's also a punch – that you have to you have to buy the battle pass and get to the like the, the end of the battle pass in order to punch people. And so um, uh, Charlie was like, I want to see what the competitive scene is like. Let's go look at tournaments. And there are tournaments in this game. And ever of course everyone is punching each other. So it's like you have to punch. That is the meta is to punch people whenever you're near them. So it's like you you are decking people. Like they it's just like Fall Guys where if you get hit by something even by a glancing blow, you go tumbling away into the fucking like a like a team rocket blasting off. It, that's what happens to people. That is ridiculous it's and scary. Yeah, <laughs> I don't like to hear that. Let's talk about uh all the different little gameplay features. So of course we have the overworld which is full of an insane amount of questing in in ESO. Like you go into a zone and each zone has its own story. There's also an overstory that covers uh, the whole Cold Harbor, Cyrodiil invasion type thing going on. I don't know. I never did the main story because, because I always... guess what? It's single what? player only. So it... I didn't do it either because that was bullshit. I wanted to play this MMO with my buds and forcing me to be by myself. That's the last thing I want to do. Yeah. So 
The overworld's nice, though, because it's almost like pick your own poison. Even though everything is not crazy varied, I remember back in the day when I was playing it with Janna, uh, we just, I just dominated all of the Morrowind DLC. Because, like, because I'm like, oh, this is just like Morrowind. Hey, look, there's yeah. even like a Soul Stone, which or the Sky Shard. It's on top of the barrel where you get the healing ring that you're supposed to give to Bagnar or whatever. I don't remember his name. That little wood elf at the beginning. Yeah. Like, I'm like, this is this is awesome. And you get to meet Vivek, and all of a sudden they're talking about the Neverine, and there's the you old wise Vivek women. Is of so the... cool. Yo, yeah, can like, we gush about Morrowind for a little bit? Yeah. Because, <laughs> dude, it looked great. I was like, I just wandered around the, in, the intro area just going, oh my god, this is where that guy fell. Oh my yeah. god, this is where I died so to cliff good. racers. It's so freaking good. It's so beautiful, too. Like, I stood at the, like, as soon as I got off the boat, I just stared at the census office, and I was just like, yes! Holy shit. I didn't did. recognize it! I was like, where am I? I was like, what part of the island is this? And I went inside and I knew I knew where I was when I went inside. And then I came back out and I was like, this is the census office. This is this. Yeah, dude, it's great. And just to quickly touch on the questing, because I think I think questing in this game is it's like uh, biggest, like best quality, because if you've played an MMO before and you've done MMO quests, like you've probably killed 10 bears and got five of their hearts and turned it into some guy who's like needs them for some reason he's a lot of bear hearts yeah and you don't know why and it's not it, there are some quests like that in this game uh, don't check but his basement the, but for the most part like the quest may start out that way and they'll evolve evolve into these like really interesting stories and everything's fully voice acted and there's like like uh, phil said there's like a massive story that takes place over like the whole continent and then each zone has like a, a, a story arc that has like a beginning, middle and end all the way through in that zone. And then in that zone, there's also like different other uh, self-contained side quest stories. And most quests, if not all quests, are like several parts long and they yeah, tell a story. Long. They introduce characters, there's betrayals that happens. The person that gives you the quest may end up betraying you and you have to like get revenge and like all kinds of this. There's just really, really good storytelling that happens in the questing in this game. And I personally think that if you're an Elder Scrolls fan, but you don't like MMOs, you could play this as a single player RPG and and get probably a better story than any Elder Scrolls game. If you look at the, especially in the, the later chapters uh, with probably better combat, I think you would agree than what you get in like Skyrim or, or Oblivion. Cause you're not just like pressing right trigger until something's yeah. dead. Uh, what, you, what gets me is just the amount of player choice you have in this too, because Nave was blown away. Like you spent a lot of time in uh, Vardenfell or Morrowind or whatever. And I remember playing like, all right, I already played the crap out of Morrowind. I want vampires because I know there's vampires in all the all the Skyrims in Skyrim 2. There's always vampires. So I'm like looking at all the zones, like which one of these is gonna have vampires? I found one called like Ravenspire or something like that. I'm like, that's the one. That's that's the vampire land. I go there and instantly like, hey, I'm a vampire overlord. And like 200 <laughs> years ago, my my sister was killed by a betrayed of an evil lich Argonian or something like that. And I'm like, this is what I was looking for. They knew exactly yeah, what I wanted. And then I'm like, up there and i'm like every once in a while i'll be like guys i got a world boss over here i'm gonna need backup and then instantly nave and melissa and Jana would like teleport in we go we take out the delve or the world boss or whatever all the group stuff in the area and i'm like thanks bye and then i would go back to my normal questing 
and we would just do that <laughs> I would for just hours. Stand there playing guitar. <laughs> just be, yeah, just not and move. you can make decisions in those quests that will change the outcome and change like who may live or die <clears> or who likes you and doesn't like your so even what rewards you end up getting at the end of it. Like, it's a real Elder Scrolls game. Like, hundred percent. It has a. It doesn't. It dials back kind of the interaction with the world. Like, you can't just pick up a pot and put it on someone's head and now they can't see you and rob them. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't see me. Yeah, but like. Pretty much every box is lootable. Every corpse is lootable. You can open a lot of the doors, not every door, but like the interact level of interaction in, in this game is usually is beyond what I would say most MMOs offer. And the storytelling and questing experience <clears throat> is probably the best in, I mean, maybe Final Fantasy 14 may say something about that, but it's, it's definitely one of the best questing experiences you can have in an MMO. And you can go into this without the MMO aspect in mind and just play it as an Elder Scrolls game, which I don't think people realize. I think a lot of Elder Scrolls, fans that aren't like multiplayer gamers or MMO fans. I think they think of this as an MMO and they think World of Warcraft and they think like Final Fantasy and they don't like that and they don't try it. And I think that if you are an Elder Scrolls fan and you just try this, it's on Game Pass. It's very cheap other places as well. Uh, I think you'll actually really enjoy it. Philip, I can't believe Eric is poo-pooing all over RuneScape. <laughs> he, he hasn't even mentioned it. Oh yeah. So we, we were going to do this whole episode basically in response to our RuneScape episode and yeah, you remember that, guys? Like, you know, six months ago <laughs> when yeah. we were planning on doing that? Honestly, I think this game is much better than RuneScape. Like, not even close. Can't believe it. Anyways, so, we like, that's the outside question. You can pretty much be done solo. One thing you can't do solo, really, is the group dungeons. And Nave didn't even know there was a dungeon finder, like an instance finder or whatever. So I logged yeah, in. Like, I had, hey, like, what's... 26 hours in this game, and I had done one dungeon that I just stumbled upon. And so I was overworld. like, hey, Moses, do that. And so me and her just by ourselves, just two of us, like and I'm like level 13. You know, I barely have any skills or abilities. We just stumbled through this dungeon, just dying a hundred times, just trying to get through it. And uh, Philip is like, hey, let's do our dailies. And I'm like, I already did it. And Philip was like, well, let's do it with me then. And I'm like, okay. And we're waiting for like 10 minutes. And Philip was like, nay, why haven't you started the dungeon finder? And I'm like, what are you talking about, Philip? What does that mean? <laughs> and philip <laughs> suddenly realized and that's around the time also that philip realized i was buying speed upgrades for my horse rather than the bag upgrades he realized i wasn't going to the bag merchant to bar purchase large scale bag upgrades he realized a lot of things i wasn't doing yeah like when he's he, like struggle moding this game and i mean i'm like dang did you not read any of the tutorial boxes that pop up no dude what do i what do you look like i'm playing a video game so not so i don't have to read and all they're right. all fully voice acted quests, so you really don't have to read much. So the dungeons, you, they're, you know, what's interesting about it is a lot of them are three tier dungeons where it's like, hey, this is the level five or like 10 through 15. You get part of bone chapter one. And then once you reach level 25, 25 through 30, you get heart of bone two, heart of bone three. And it is a continuous story that you slowly unlock as you're leveling up. And it takes a while to level up in this game. It's not crazy fast, but I love some of the settings we went through. Some of them are kind of like, okay, like it was like, oh, this is a dwarven Egyptian ruins that we have to go through and defeat bandits and lions and stuff. That one was okay. But then we cut to the Heart of Bone ones, which I really enjoyed, where you're fighting demi liches that are summoning like these meat bone monsters that are abominations and they're just blood is pouring out of the walls. I'm like, this is awesome. I love this stuff. Yeah, I, I thought the like aesthetics of the dungeons and, and like 
right in line with the rest of the game. Like the dungeons have their own self-contained stories usually, or sometimes they're part of a bigger zone story, um, which is really nice. And you get the quest givers in the dungeon. So even if you match make into one, you can start the quest and hear the dialogue and go on that adventure and whatnot. But what I don't like about them uh, is two things, because I'm, I'm going to compare this to World of Warcraft again, uh, classic World of Warcraft. One, there's no difficulty to the dungeons. It might have been difficult yep. if you went in with two players because uh, it's designed for five players. Uh, yeah. But you can face roll every single dungeon. Um, after the one terminal update, there's no level requirements for uh, the dungeons that you can match make into. Like, or sorry, not level requirements, but like gear requirements. Um, you're probably never going to die. You're probably never going to fail. Uh, you don't need to really know how to play. You could just spam an ability. And sometimes you don't even have to do anything. The other people will just kill this stuff for you. Um, which I don't really enjoy for obvious reasons. I think like having to use your brain and play the game is fun for the most part for most games. Uh, but the other thing I don't like is that there's really no interaction now with other players. So like you guys have played a bunch recently and it sounds like you played a lot uh, of the game, like in a party with each other. So outside of talking to yourselves in your party chat, how much, like what percentage would you say uh, of your time did you spend interacting with other people, like talking to them, sending them a message, asking them for help, like telling them things that are like just having like an interaction, a social interaction with somebody who was not in your Xbox party chat. I think the, as, as far as like percentage wise of our game time, I think I was probably the one that had the most like togetherness uh, game time. And it was usually cause I was playing with Melissa and or Philip. And so it was like the experience of playing with me was she melissa would just sprint after me as i kind of just adhd just i was like that way i just had fallout uh skyrim vision i just was like there's a waypoint i'm going that way now and so i would just sprint around and she's on like an xbox original xbox one right and so there were multiple times where she had to debate should do i even way shrine to him or it's like do i follow him into this house because by the time i load into that house he's already outside of the house running away because i'm on an xbox series x and i'm like instantly loading into each like little area and so it's like that was mostly what uh, our experience kind of boiled down to and then it was like the way the the world bosses and stuff that was probably one of my favorite things, which is something we brought up in our Fantasy Star Universe episode as well, where there are these like events that happen where like – or it's like a destiny as well, where like everyone can see on the map that there's some shit over there, and everyone's kind of going around grinding for things. And so I would stand around at a world boss that was already dead just waiting for it to respawn, and then like Rando McRanderson would show up and like in the middle of a fight just start helping us fight this thing, and I'm just like, oh – well, thank God, because this spider keeps spawning all these mobs, and I don't have any good AOE attacks, so I don't know how to build a character yet. And so, like, there were a lot of moments where we got, like, randos just to randomly show up, but for the most part, besides matchmaking, we very, very uh, rarely interacted with... If, if I told you that that rando was an NPC, would you believe me? Like, yeah. outside of knowing his name is, like, some stupid Xbox Live name, but, like... So, that's kind of what I was getting at. So, in World of Warcraft Classic... Like I did a raid last night and a dungeon before that. If you want to do a dungeon, first of all, there's no matchmaking. So you literally have to go into towns or into the, the chats and like oh, ask if anybody, if anybody wants to join or whatever. Uh, secondly, you have to like uh, actually communicate in the dungeons because there's yeah. mechanics and different things that players have to do. Um, and you have, and you meet people that way. And even just questing, a lot of times there's quests where, uh, they're meant they're designed that you need to find someone to help you with this unless you're severely over leveled 
which if you're in the zone that you're in, you're probably not over leveled because in World of Warcraft, they don't have one Tamriel where everything just scales to you and you can go and do a quest where you have to kill 10 chickens uh, or you can go and do a quest where you have to kill like a demigod of destruction. And if you're level one, it doesn't matter. You could kill both of them. They both have to feel like they have the same amount of health, which really takes me out of the world it, it limits how much you need to interact with the world and an mmo the whole point of it is in my eyes anyway like there's obviously dissenting opinions but uh the whole point of it is to be in a world and interact with the world and the people that are playing are the bulk of what that interaction should be and when i queue into a dungeon in eso i don't talk to anybody i just follow the the leader and just spam my abilities and i have no interaction with anybody and then it will teleport me out and i just go back to uh doing the quest which provides zero challenge because there's no challenge in the game until you get to the end uh where you can go into veteran versions of the dungeons or raids or, or whatnot but everything you do in the game and this is a probably a positive for a lot of people but everything you do in the game requires literally no gear no talents no skills no anything you can just have your level one equipment your level one spells and you can pretty much d dummy everything because everything just scales to what you are at that point um whereas it used to be that you would spawn in the noob zone and you'd be able to kill those things because they are at your level but if you went to a more advanced zone that's meant for higher levels you'll get destroyed and then on the flip side if you get to that level and come back to the noob zone, noob zone, now you're a demigod and you can just destroy everything that gave you issues in the past. And that shows you your progression and that gives you that feeling of gaining power. Whereas in ESO, uh, the story's great and I, it's worth playing for that alone, but you don't get that progression. You don't get that feeling of interacting with the world outside of seeing people in town singing on their proximity mics and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to interact with people to get things done. You can just do everything yourself. Everything's an instance and everything is just, that's why I call it an Elder Scrolls MMO because the Elder Scrolls comes first. And, and that's for me, not what I want in an MMO. Okay. So I get what you're saying. The PVE is pretty, pretty doo-doo a lot of times with how strong the scaling is. Like it really does not matter what level you are. You can be pretty much anything if you're determined. Now, did you play the Cyrodiil? uh zone any uh the pvp zone i did yeah. and i think that seems it seems awesome like in theory but when i maybe it was different when you played it but when i played it uh because like you queue in there's different versions of it there's the zero to like 50 or whatever yes. the like noob version of it is and then there's like the version for people that are at the max level uh but when i queued into it into the new version there's just no one there there was guards that would just dummy me because they're designed to have multiple, <laughs> it's meant to be players. like a raid yeah it's meant to be like a raid but i have no team uh i have no other players and there's no other enemies uh maybe and, and it's this huge giant map and like the concept of it is amazing and i reached out to people in discord and people that play the game a lot and the other version of it where the end game players are playing is are really populated and you get into these epic battles and stuff like that so maybe it was just bad luck maybe i was playing at a bad time and there was nobody on uh but the version i played of it I went through the tutorial and explained how it works and it's amazing. Like I wish that world of Warcraft had something like this um, retail. Wow. And I wish like there was, I, I think this mode in general could just be its own game uh, with how cool the mechanics of it are. But uh, I couldn't find anyone to fight. And I did play the battlegrounds too, which were pretty fun, but this, even though it is kind of scaled, it's really not because you'll just get dummied by people that are, um, 
fully kitted out with with like full gear sets and stuff like that it's weird because your builds don't make you necessarily better it just makes you more efficient at whatever you're doing which i think is a a weird scaling you're saying something i feel like you guys are touching on something with like over the past like 15 minutes you guys have been talking i've just had not a whole lot to say because i just don't have i don't have nearly as much experience but it's like the whole matchmaking situation, the whole like interacting with your environment and interacting with other players and stuff, I can see why I was getting so because I was getting dreadfully bored towards the end of this game. Like, I, I there has to be something to tickle that fucking goblin inside of my inside of my brain to make sure he's he's uh, awake and paying attention. And I, Elder Scrolls Online just kind of didn't have it for me. Um, I was thinking about the matchmaking, what you were saying, and it's like every single instance of PVE that you can do is so brainless since there's since everything scales to you. You never feel like you're getting any stronger. You never feel like – it's like if I want to play a solitary MMO, I can play RuneScape, and then there are visible benchmarks of like I am now 70 woodcutting. I can cut use. It's like I am now 50 attack. I can probably start attacking dragons now. You know what I mean? And there's, there's like tangible – uh, reward for gr- the grind wherein in, whereas in this game the grind is kind of just the reward itself where or like you, you're getting rewarded by maybe story or whatever whatever you're getting out of this or if you're into the far cry checklist just knocking off all of the little zones and stuff which there's that as well but it's like i'm not into that i kind of want to see progress and if i can't see progress i want to interact with the world in meaningful ways and it's kind of it's hard to expect that of an mmo or but you can do that in a way where you do have interactivity more with the random players because there's so much there's so much variance that can come from just a random person and a random personal interaction with a stranger and you're saying you're, you were talking about how world of warcraft doesn't have matchmaking and so that was kind of tumbling around in my brain for a minute and i'm like why doesn't it but i was you were describing the dungeons the dungeons are so much more meaningful and so much more elaborate than these dungeons where it's literally just push forward kill the mobs when philip when philip and melissa were playing with me i was literally sprinting past everything and then getting to the boss and then just using i had a literal build i had i had two you can have two hotkey bars i had one hotkey bar for offense when i'm with my team and i had one hotkey bar specifically designed to keep me alive while i'm getting attacked by mobs and use aoe attacks to slowly whittle them down to death so by the time philip and melissa who wanted to play the game like real people got to me after killing all the mobs that i had aggroed they got they would just have to fight the boss and the boss would already be like half dead because i was soloing him and so it's like and, and you can just solo them like it just like yeah. that 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 adds to what i'm what everyone was saying before it's like what you uh the interactivity isn't exactly there um it reminds me of a news article going around where everyone's poo-pooing on Halo Infinite again uh, uh, because apparently the com- the co-op campaign is not going to have matchmaking. And the first thing I saw when, when the first thing I thought when I saw that, which I don't know if you guys think uh, what what you guys think about this, but it's like it shouldn't who is playing who co-op yeah. campaign with randoms? Like who's doing that? That's such a that's so much more of a uh, a personal experience to play the uh, campaign through with. A personal friend like rather than just some complete stranger i started thinking about does any of the other can you halo 3 co-op match make like is that even possible maybe on halo the master reach chief collection halo reach halo had reach? it but they deleted it uh i think like three weeks or something maybe three months they deleted it shortly after the game launch because a it was a little bit buggy but b literally nobody played it for obvious reasons it's what it makes me think of is me and Philip were playing that Ember game. We had our lobby open. The first couple of times, we would get a, we would immediately get a full lobby because the game's on Game Pass. And I imagine one of the two people that showed up was a child. 
And so at first they'd be kind of doing things, whatever. But then afterwards they realized they could blow up a barrel near us and kill us. And so people would just start griefing, right? And Philip was getting upset. I was already feeling a little burnt out in the first fucking two hours of this game. I'm already like, I don't know if I want to play this, Philip. And so these people kept killing us, Phil, and there's no way to kick them. So Philip's like, guess I got to start a new lobby. He starts a new lobby, and then it gets populated with people who inevitably, after 30 minutes, start killing the 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 hostages. They're hostages, hostages. now. Yeah, no, <laughs> they're they being are held hostage by fire. They need to be rescued. Yeah, but um. It makes me think about that. It's like, why wouldn't that just happen? And it's like, why doesn't that happen in Elder Scrolls? Oh, because there's no meaningful way to grief in Elder Scrolls. Like, there's not even a fucking negative interaction you can have on Elder Scrolls. Like, whenever I first started playing, I was like, Philip and, like, Melissa was a Dragon Knight or whatever. Philip was a whatever, I don't know. But they were both, like, DPS champions. I was like, I'm just going to be a healer. Because I already have a specific healing class with the kind of character I made anyways. So... But they never needed me. Their self-heals were totally fine. I was just a bot that did nothing, that contributed nothing to the game. So I slowly turned into another DPS and then slowly turned into the only form of griefing I could do, which was sprint ahead to the boss. Like, like I didn't know what else I could – I didn't know how else I could, like, vary my experience because I wasn't reading anything. I wasn't experiencing this the, the lore that I'm sure is great, I, especially after the High Isle or whatever, like, the whole – uh, reveal of that talking about the political intrigue and stuff and me going hmm maybe this isn't world of warcraft and maybe i should read some of the shit that people are saying to me but yeah i don't know that's pretty much all that's what i've been that's what i'm thinking about <laughs> this whole time yeah. yeah and that's the type of stuff honestly that makes world of Warcraft. and i and i should like preface this again i'm talking about classic world of warcraft because in retail wow it's very similar where you just jump into an instance you don't communicate you don't really need to you just face roll the dungeon and then you're you're done there are more complex modes like raids and, and heroic dungeons and mythic dungeons which eso has their own versions of that which probably require a lot more skill and coordination and teamwork and communication but we didn't get to the end game as far i, I didn't i don't think that you guys did either um so we never really experienced that. But in Classic WoW, it's like that from day one. And I'll give you an example, like kind of a scenario as to what makes Classic WoW so good for me. And this might be something that other people don't like and why they choose to play Elder Scrolls because like it's not like necessarily technically better or worse. This is just why I really like it. So I'm doing a quest in, in Classic World of Warcraft where I have to basically go to this castle and kill this boss who's kind of like uh, – like the villain in this like story arc that I'm going through. And it's in this area called uh, Terran Mill where kind of the Horde zones and the Alliance zones kind of converge for the first time uh, at lower levels. And I can't get to the castle because I'm getting ganked by Alliance people. So some people probably hate that and they might not want to play the game because of that. I, what I had to do, though, because there's no way I was going to be able to get past them. There's more of them than me, and uh, some of them were even stronger than me. What I had to do was go back to the town and talk to other players and be like, okay, how, how can anybody anybody want to form an alliance-killing raid with me to get rid of these people that are harassing quest people <laughs> that are just trying to quest? And you can actually talk to them because they'll talk to you because the game's designed for this, and you create a group, and you get people that want to help you with this. And I couldn't get enough people to just straight up, like, freaking civil war these alliance so we had to like set up a trap and one ability that a hunter has which is what class i played is called feign death where you can pretend to be dead and just lay on the street um or on the ground or whatever it drops aggro it's kind of cool um so i went into the main path where i kept getting ganked and i was waiting for the alliance to come and kill me and my friends were rogues and they were all stealth like around me there was like three rogues with me um 
and rogues can be stealth just like in ESO where yeah. other players can't see you. So I'm standing in the road pretending to be dead uh, and and other players can tell that you're doing this. So they basically I'm just an easy target because also when you're dead you, you're or when you're laying down and not in combat, it's easier to get crit critted so yeah i was basically a sitting duck so we literally set this elaborate trap to trap these other players and when they came in like the rogues came out of stealth and we ganked them and then we had the upper hand and then we beat them uh and then i made friends this way and i joined their guild and then i played with them for like 50 hours uh after that and doing various things because i was in their guild uh in eso that would never happen because there's no like world pvp when you're questing um and like there's no chance of any of those interactions happening because you, there's really no need for it. And the fact that I had to go to the town, talk with real players, interact with the world, convince them to help me become friends with them that way. That's how world of Warcraft works. Classic. Wow. There's so many instances where even if you're playing on a PVE server, you need to communicate with people to get them to help you with things, or maybe you need to help them with something, or maybe you can provide a service like as a leather worker or a blacksmith and you're just always communicating with people and talking with people and it's, and it's awesome. And there's a real kind of threat of danger of that. You can't do something because the game's designed that someone can't just solo everything. Uh, there are ways you can do that if you're like a hardcore player or whatever, but generally speaking, there's quests that will be at your level that you can't beat unless you convince someone to help you. And because the game has such a good community and everyone's on board with this style of gameplay, you're going to find people that want to help you. It's not like you don't, you don't have to go to Xbox LFG and, and try to like pay someone to help you or find like some weirdo. It's just, it, it's just <laughs> way more connected. And then on the flip side in ESO, like, because everything is so easy, I remember I was doing a quest in, I can't remember the name of the town, but it was like this quest that involved werewolves and this like political betrayal. And it was a really cool story. And I, it took like probably four hours to get through the whole zones quest. And it was awesome. Like all the acting was great. The cutscenes were great. Uh, the story was great. I was like hooked in and wanted to find out the conclusion. And then you figure out who the big bad is and you fight him. And it's literally just like the same as every other person you fought. There's no extra challenge. He has no extra health. He has no extra mechanics. It wasn't difficult. I didn't have to think. Are you? And it just, it takes away from the epicness of that. Whereas typically at the end of a quest chain in WoW, you're, you're greeted with an elite mob that you have to kill. And usually you can't solo those. So you have to be like, is anybody doing this quest? Does anyone want to group up for this quest? And someone will be like, oh yeah, I'm stuck on that too. I need help with that as well. And then you group up and then you kill them. And then you're like, hey, well, what are you doing next? Like, I have these quests. And he's like, yeah, I have those quests too. Let's keep staying together. And now you have a new friend that you add to your friends list. And like, that doesn't happen in ESO. And that's the whole point of an MMO for me. Whereas ESO, I feel is just like people that want to go in with their friends. ESO is literally a co-op Elder Scrolls, in my opinion. Until you mm -hmm. get to the end game, where it likely changes, but I never got there, so I couldn't can't really comment on that. I mean, that's quite a bit of discussion points. I agree with you on a lot of those Sorry. points. Yeah, like uh, like that was a that was a big chunker. Uh, I'll cover more of that in my final words. One thing I do want to put in before we start to move along is WoW does so much better with the enemy types compared to ESO. ESO enemies are very just copy-paste from the other games. Nothing crazy new. And they just don't have any uh, fun personalities. They're all like mindless monsters most of the time. There's no, you know, take handle or anything like that. Yeah, yeah. And the same thing like you could say too with the character creation. Like there are different races and stuff like that, but they're all still, even when you're a lizard or a cat, it's still a humanoid, right? Like you still have... You're still bipedal. Like some might have a tail, like in World of Warcraft, like sometimes you're a cow, 
Yeah, hold Sometimes on. Sometimes you're a no. You say that, but like the first gear drop Nave got as a cat was a Lucha <laughs> Libre leather cat mask that he was wearing for a long time. And it was pretty funny looking. I liked it. And it had cat ear, like it had hat cat ears. So it was like my ears, so spots for my ears to go in, but not just holes. So my ears poked out. It, it was, was like specifically designed for a Kaji. Yeah, yeah, it was really funny. And I, I was like wearing it even though it was like level five gear and I was like level 18. And I was still wearing it just because. All right. I uh, think we're starting getting close on time. Anything more before we go to final words? You want to talk about your character specifically? Like I kind of brought up my character. Like my character was the, I don't remember what class specifically was, but I was a Khajiit and I had the class that gives you the, the earth magic that lets you summon a bear, which I named Scooby. And then uh, warden. the warden, that was it. Yeah. So I had ice abilities and then I had healing abilities, but really I just tried to use the animal summoning as much as I could. Cause I thought it, I had like this head cannon that my character, I don't know, was a druid or something. I don't know, but it turns out like a lot of the abilities kind of sucked. So I started mixing and matching uh, a whole bunch of different things and even up to the end i was still like trying to figure out what was the correct combination of things up until i became the toxic uh dungeon ruiner <laughs> that i became at the end but uh my character he was just a nord named poopgar and he was just going to be a tanky boy but i realized that the way the scaling was going it was just taking too long to kill things and things were barely hurting me so i just yeah. moved more into dps as the game went on it was unfortunate for us because it was like I was trying to be a healer as much as I could, but it was just becoming because since because Melissa was also a tank because she just soloed for she's like level four hundred something, but she was literally strictly soloing. She had never done dungeons. She had she she did the uh, the anchors or whatever, but but yeah, she the did dolmens. them all back before they apparently they changed all the scaling. So it, the game didn't used to be where everything scaled with you. The game used to have hard level caps and stuff like that. So she she keeps lamenting. She's like, I miss being able to kill these dolmen gates uh, solo, just to being able to, like going to the low level ones and beating them. But now all of them are as hard as they always are. There's never any change. So it's kind mm -hmm. of strange. But yeah, so they were both tanky people. I was a healer, so it's not like the most uh, efficient party that we had. Yeah, I, I was playing an orc dragon knight uh, named Dor Edo's Bane, and I also wanted to play a tank and realized that it just makes you slower when you're questing. I still kept the tank hotbar, though, because you get instant queues for dungeons, which is really nice, and you have to wait if you queue as DPS, yeah. uh, just because there's more people playing DPS. Um, and yeah, so I played a, I tried to make an orc from World of Warcraft, and uh, yeah, again, it, it kind of just looked like a green human. My original character was an orc as well, an orc dragonite. So that's pretty funny. And I named him Pibblethip, which is a uh, Magic the Gathering reference. Uh, Pibblethip was a was a character on a card called Totally Lost, and he's a tiny little one-eyed dude. He kind of looks like a he was like a minion before minions existed a little bit. But um, yeah. Uh, w what was my my original my next character's name? The one Your we cat? played with? Uh, oh, Skeeter was... El Cheeto or something. <laughs> Skeeter El Cheeto. That's me. And what was your character's name, Philip? It was just Poopgar. Oh, Poopgar. You already said it. Damn. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, move along. Let's take a quick break, and then we'll hit our final words. Now, we'll probably do about 10 minutes of final thoughts, and then five minutes of trying to wrap up, and then five minutes of lost in the sauce. What is that thing back there in the background by the window, the, red, the thing with the red hat? Is that a Shin Megami Tensei, like, jack thing? That is a Nintendo Switch OLED box with a Cuphead hat on it. I see that. Yep. Cuphead hat. I can't. 
Is that Cuphead? That's Cuphead? Oh, nice. right. Okay. It's Cuphead on the hat, not a hat. It's for red. Cuphead. The red is. I, I thought the red was part of the of the head, but yeah, it's like around the. Whoa! Surprise. The fucking. I was gonna say paraphernalia, but that's not right. <laughs> what is it called? The collectibles. Uh, paraphernalia that kind of fits. Paraplegic. <laughs> I don't know. Um, man, I wish Cuphead had online. <laughs> I know that's been our list to play for a while. They've even bought me a copy so we could play it and it doesn't go online. It's really good. Would you feel like it would almost be easy to go online because the bosses are pretty scripted, right? Or not scripted, but like they're uh, on set rotations. Kind of. There's like a mechanic with some of the bosses where like they have, let's say four different mechanics. And if you keep fucking up on one, the game will make sure you get that one because it wants to fucking kill you. Yeah. <laughs> so if there's an easy mechanic that you constantly are beating with no issues, it will try to not make you do that mechanic. So it does kind of rotate a little bit to try to screw you as much as it can. But uh, I think it's more so that it's just a very small team and they don't want to deal with the mess of yeah, I get implementing that. online. That's evil. Uh, it's so it's so interesting of a game that I consider. I'm me and Philip have been considering for a little bit to just play it solo. Like Philip can play it with JP or whatever, but I'm just gonna have to play it solo because I have nobody around with that kind of skill level, that skill set to play this game. I can barely play the fucking game, and so it might just be a game where I just. There's been multiple games where I just haven't beaten, and we and just went through with the episode, and I was just like, we're they're just gonna have to be okay with that, and I, it might have to be one of those. I got to the dragon, like the dragon fight with the castle and everything and that's where i stopped playing but i don't think i was like i'm never playing again i think it was just like wow this is hard i can feel my heart palpitating a little bit so i need to fucking put this down and play maybe some rock band or something and we're back and we're back got it elder scrolls online a game where you just kind of walk to quest markers and kill bears so i will take this as i usually do as the first go around i recommend this game I know we've definitely been dogging on it for the last while uh, in certain aspects. It's a good game. Maybe not the best MMO, but it is a great online experience if you just have a friend and you just want to play some games. Maybe not the overworld questing is that great in co-op, but if you just want to run dungeons mindlessly while you're talking, or I got in and I did the Cyrodiil thing, which is just the open PvP area. I just found another player and invited him to my party, and then me and him found another player. And eventually we had like five players and we were just in a mob just dominating across the ground. And there was one enemy rogue who was so determined to put a stop to us. He would come up and try and assassinate one of us and we would all just turn around and beat the crap out of him real quick. <laughs> and I had a challenge that was like kill 20 rogues or whatever. And I was at like 15 by the end of our little play session as we took over like five different fortresses. This game is good. It has the trappings of microtransactions and annoying little paywalls on things but it's not unplayable because of them. This is like a good game despite all the problems, which is, I know it makes it sound bad, but this is a game worth playing. Just download it, give it a shot. Uh, what really sells me is it is an Elder Scrolls game, and I kind of miss this. I know after we started this because of like, look, we need to free up our hard drives because we have so much games just installed on there that we haven't finished yet. Elder Scrolls will be an easy delete after this. After me playing this for the last like week and a half or so, I think I'm actually going to keep it installed and keep playing after this review. I don't think I'm done with Elder Scrolls yet. Yeah, I, I was poo-pooing on being bored and stuff, but honestly, I think the I really enjoyed just sitting in your party, just a queuing experience, just uh, on accident, and then hearing, "Oh, world boss time! World boss time! Nave, wake up! 
and I'm just like, oh, oh, this is my favorite part. <laughs> this is the part that yeah. I like. The world bosses the big, are good. Scary, big, this big scary boys. And some of them do require actual like tactics, like oh, we know at this phase it summons in like knights made out of sand, and we have to kill those knights, otherwise they will gang up and kill us. Where the other ones are like, we just need to burst this health bar down as fast as possible. So there is strategy I, to this game. You just got. I definitely find it. liked it because I felt really useful as well. Because my, I, if I switched to the selfish healing thing, I was healing everyone on accident too. It was big AOE heals because those just happened to be my best ones, and so uh, I, it, I would just see someone's health bar go down immediately start healing someone up and then i would just hear Melissa go oh thank god and i just be like yes that's what i wanted at the beginning you know what i mean <laughs> and i only get it from these raid bosses now or like the world bosses i mean uh who wants to take next uh i can go i was i agree with pretty much everything that both you said uh especially the stuff that philip said i was definitely trashing on the game a little bit um well pretty much everything i said i think was negative which goes against my core beliefs and my twitter handle but uh it is a great game it, it, you just have to um kind of it has to you have to be the right kind of player for it like i went into it wanting that warcraft experience which it's not that's not what they're intending to do either uh if you're someone who really likes oblivion or skyrim and you like being able to explore this huge world uh find lots of awesome stories and kind of just roll through everything like a god uh this that's kind of what this game provides everything's voice acted you have great stories there's a lot of awesome stuff too that we didn't even touch on like you can build your own house and furnish it which that's kind of where the microtransactions come in heavily it's so but expensive I, like yeah. when I was on PC, I tried that actively and I was like saving up my money. I was doing all the crafting and everything, just trying to generate enough income. I never did. I never bought my house. It was very sad. Yeah. Usually if you're not a paid subscriber, you're going to end up with like a hotel room essentially. <laughs> but the fact that you can get these massive estates that you can fill with all kinds of stuff, like you can go and kill a dungeon boss or a raid boss and like take their head as a trophy and put it above your fireplace in your personal house that you can invite your friends to. That's really cool. Um, you can, in the newest expansion, there's like a, a trading card game that's built into the questing system and built into the game like Gwent style, which is like really awesome. Um, the music music is really cool the art is really good and i will say this which i probably should have said at the beginning is i wanted to play a ton of this i wanted to get hooked like world of warcraft and so i wanted to start at the beginning so i was playing content um from 2014 2015 i, I wasn't playing even Morrowind. I wasn't playing the new stuff because this game has a massive community. It has a developer that supports it a ton and it's constantly releasing new content and it has been doing that since day one. And I'm playing the really old stuff, which does not compete with World of Warcraft. I think looking at what the community is saying, the content just keeps getting better as time goes on. So I'm, I was literally playing the worst content. Um, but even with that, there's a lot of stuff to that you can enjoy from that. And not everybody wants that more... Uh, social experience i guess with strangers and i also i should say i didn't play it with friends like you guys did you guys were in a party with two or three or four other people which probably made it amazingly more fun if i was in the party with you guys i probably would have had a much better time playing it especially the pvp because that was like a big downfall for me because once i got through that tutorial and realized how awesome that serial mode is it was even more disappointing to find out that there's just nobody in this game i was in uh which kind of sucked but uh if like i said if you're someone who really likes the Skyrim experience, the Oblivion experience, and you just want to be able to play that with friends. And then at the end, when you get to the end, you have this, um, the game kind of opens up as far as I know, and you get raids and heroic dungeons and vet or veteran dungeons and harder content that will challenge you and, and kind of force you to join a guild and, and get that more social experience. 
uh, then this game is perfect. And it, the barrier to entry is low. It's on Game Pass, and it's really cheap to jump in if, if you're not on Game Pass. Um, but I'm looking for the Morrowind experience, where it is harder. You can make decisions that will get you killed. You can go to the wrong neighborhood and get messed up and have to figure out ways around it. And uh, it is harder, and it is more of an in-depth RPG. That's personally what I was looking for from this, and I, I didn't get it, but... Again, community is massive. A lot of people love this game, and it is a well-made game with a lot of redeeming qualities, and I also would recommend checking this out. Yep, I think that if you are looking for something that isn't particularly challenging that you can easily play in the background while talking to people, I think this is a perfect game. I think um, I, I poo-pooed on it a lot, too. I was calling it boring and everything, but you have to understand that I did play this game for like 36 hours. Like, just roaming around. Like, I wasn't particularly min-maxing, especially the first 24 hours when I didn't know how to min-max. I didn't know that it was even possible. So I was just kind of roaming around, clearing delves and stuff, and just and just talking to Philip and Melissa and Jana sometimes. And so it was like, I thought I w had a more negative experience than I really did. And what really opened my eyes to that was playing Ember, where I realized, oh, I don't, I, I, didn't, I genuinely don't like this game. This isn't how I feel when I play Elder Scrolls. Sometimes I get sometimes I get so wrapped up in trying to be hyperbolic that I kind of get lost in my own forest of thought where I just have to step back and realize, oh, okay, I have I genuinely enjoyed this game so much that I was playing it without Philip. Philip mentioned that we were playing it for about a week and a half, but that's not particularly true because me and Philip were both playing it by ourselves also for about two months. We really did want this episode to come out somewhere near the uh, RuneScape episode because we wanted to have a direct comparison. This was kind of like, is my MMO better than your MMO? Because Philip was really big on ESO and I was pushing RuneScape since like day one. You know what I mean? So um, when I look back on all of this, I did specifically compare these two, those two games whenever I was talking about the progression. And I still believe that. I still believe that RuneScape's progression is infinitely better because there's tangible effect on the fucking environment around you. Like, you can't cut that tree down because you suck. Get better, kid. Like, that's that's it in, in that game. And like Eric was saying, you can just level one, do kill an eldritch god and and be fine with it. And of course, I didn't mess with any of the crafting because it was all the crafting supplies were always filling up my inventory, so I always just broke them down, which de-incentivized me to do anything involving anything that would involve that would open up my uh, screw up my inventory. So that's, I guess I did have something to say about that. The game is good. The game, if you enjoy uh, the Elder Scrolls experience, I think that you would definitely enjoy this. But I think that if you do enjoy Elder Scrolls, then you've already been playing this. Like, we're not showing up, we're not turning heads with the idea that, oh, if you liked Skyrim, we're probably going to like this. We're not going to, like, get them hey, anymore. Hey, we got more game Elder Scrolls over here. Get over here yeah. right now. <laughs> Like more Elder I think Scrolls. It's worth saying that though, because I think there are people. Like I personally know people who have never played this because, and they love Skyrim because they think it's an MMO and it's not the same thing. Just like uh, ES, like Elder Scrolls Legends, which is the card game. That's oh, not I love Skyrim. that one so much. It is really good. It's very good. I I feel bad that it, it kind of died a little bit, but yeah, they canceled um, it. Yeah, but that's died not a little bit. Clearly not <laughs> Skyrim. Right? No if longer supported. Yeah, it's it's sad. But if you are a huge fan of Oblivion and a huge fan of uh, Skyrim, but you don't like trading card games, you're not going to like Elder Scrolls Legends. And if, and I feel like people think that because I'm a huge Skyrim fan or a huge Oblivion fan, but I don't like MMOs, that they're not going to like ESO. But ESO is very, it's way closer to Elder Scrolls than it is what I would consider or what most people would consider a traditional MMO. It very expertly kind of blends those together, and it leans heavily to the Elder Scrolls side of the scale 
All right. Some I think people would like it. Yeah. I think. Check it out. So once again, I want to thank old Eric from Game Positive Podcast. Once again. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> go check it out. Was, Philip had it queued up to go. Tell us about your pot. Oh, I just we, said we it. Already, mm. We already did that. Yeah. <laughs> so, Nate, what are we playing next week? I don't know. This soul, the soulless, whatever. I still don't know exactly what it's called because I think I spelled oh, it wrong. In the so we keep every time we say say the name, we say something different. But uh, it's it's on oh, Game Pass. You have it in your notes. Solastia. Solastia. Yeah, that might not be right. That's just what it I is typed. a recent addition to Game Pass. <laughs> okay. I think the uh, like the last it, oh, in the last month that this was recorded, so June of 2022. So it's like um. It's a very interesting game, and if you like Dungeons and Dragons and you like the 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 role playing, you like the die rolling, creating your own character, kind of role playing as this character, this thing, it's very interesting. One thing we didn't mention when we were talking about making our characters is that you can make personality traits for that character. Like you can like make them more egotistic, and you can make them you know loyal to the law and stuff like that. And while I don't think it changes dialogue any, I think every piece of dialogue that everyone votes on. Uh, is assigned a specific couple of traits, and whoever embodies that trait more gets assigned to that dialogue. So it makes things very funny because I think my we made I made a halfling cleric, but I made her violent, and she's the only violent one. So she's lawful and violent, and she protects her family. But you know, but she is violent, and so she's always like this evil little shit. And it's so funny because I made her so cute. So it's like she's always just yelling at people, and it's great. Uh, so there's a lot of good little elements of that. We can play something like that. Uh, Ember, we're pretty close to beating. Uh, I'm definitely the uh, I'm definitely weighing down that experience, um, <laughs> just a little bit. And uh, there's still other games. Yeah, multiverse. Oh, yeah, that's the one. Put it on the list, Philip, because that one, that I dude, I just smash two v two. Yeah, that just sounds like that just sounds like a fucking blast. I didn't even know it was free to play. Person. We can do custom games. We we could get Janna. Janna knows how to play Smash, right? Uh, probably. probably. I'm not sure actually. All wait, right. can you wait? Can you local online play on multiverses? Do you know? Uh, probably. You can, you can definitely local play. I don't know if you can local online. I don't know why you wouldn't be able to do that. I haven't come, come on, across Smash a game has where it. Guest. You'd be surprised. Can you really Sometimes play Smash just online though. <laughs> yeah, Smash online. We what do you play it? Good times. I can I can check in on that for you. All right. Well, let's call it here, co-op partners. Thanks for joining us this week. Maybe we can all go kill some bears together next time. Or aggro everybody in the area. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>